0: And it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We
1: Can't Wrestle podcast.
2: Hey, this is a national treasure and the real
1: world's champion, Nick Aldis. And just when you thought that every possible wrestling podcast name in the world was taken... Nate comes in with a clinch with the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Based on Nate's unbelievable level of praise for me, I would go ahead and say that Nate sounds like a knowledgeable, smart, trustworthy human being, and his expertise should be lauded and appreciated by all of the listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast.
3: To the We Can't Wrestle
0: Podcast. Now it's time for our host, Nate Maxson. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, and I am joined by my three awesome co-hosts, my brother Aaron. hey, 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 Mr. Kyle Army.
3: Well, now they know you're lying. It's two awesome one mediocre.
2: <laughs> and the king of all admins, Mr. Archie Mitchell, is here. Hey, if if I have to be mediocre, I'm going to be the best mediocre guy on the show. Yeah. I wasn't talking
3: about you. I was talking about me.
2: Oh, well, I can't let you sit there in the wind.
0: I thought you yeah. were talking about Aaron.
3: Fuck
1: <laughs> off. Oh, I'm the talent, man. <laughs> like,
0: this week, This week, all of us being in our... 30s or 40s, Here, there I go, I'm the ancient one here, but our 30s or 40s here on the show, all of us have been fans, obviously, our entire lives, or since he debuted, of The Undertaker. And uh, he debuted in 1990, it's been 30 years of The Dead Man, and I know WWE is beating us over the head with it this month, which is not a bad thing, but we decided no. we're going to do that on our show as well this week, just a little retrospect of the 30 years of of the greatest character, the greatest gimmick in the history of professional wrestling. Not the greatest wrestler of all time, but I don't think anybody can deny that that it is the greatest gimmick, the greatest character of all time. Hey,
3: I will will disagree with you, though. I don't think it's a great thing that they're beating it over our head. Because it's just like any other time. It's like they're sitting there and they're like, oh, here's all these stars. Here's Shinsuke Nakamura dressed up as The Undertaker. Here's Jeff Hardy dressed It's like, remember how good it used to be, guys?
0: Yeah, they do that. You know, I kind of, to be honest with you, I've gotten over that. It is just, it is, I've gotten to the point where I've accepted that it is what it is at this point. the
2: The good part about it, though, is it's not like it's June. It's November. It's it's Survivor Series time, so at least they're doing it on his actual anniversary. Mm -hmm. You know, if this was like midsummer and we were getting ready for Summerslam, like it's Undertaker's 30th anniversary. No, it's not. (laughs) Stop it. You
1: know, (laughs) cut it out. I I do get what Kyle's saying, though, that it should be a little more organic. I agree. Like it was like okay, I and I know this isn't, it's still technically modern, but it's like when. when Randy died, you know, like hung for a month for that like Randy Savage esque mm-hmm. like outfit. You know, it right. wasn't like he wasn't beating it. Or, he wasn't out there going like oh yeah or anything like that. He was just he's like I'll wear the Randy shit and that'll be my little tribute to him and right. Done with it, you know. It's like so I get what Kyle's saying. Like like shh. like the Jeff Hardy thing. It's like you know the WWE told him hey let's dress you up like the Undertaker. And then oh dude, definitely, you
2: know? and. I think by them showing him this much love, they're hoping to get the fans behind it as much as possible in hopes that maybe he'll go one more match, which we all know he will. Yeah, it's going to be he's his, gonna work at the Survivor Series. Survivor, yeah. Survivor Series is going to set up an angle going into WrestleMania, I think. Which I would hope is with only one of two people. It either needs to be The Fiend, and we need the final you know, matchup and let The Fiend and Undertaker go at it in some kind of cinematic match, that I would accept because both of them deserve that, or it needs to be Sting. And I know that's bad because both of them are old and it's not what we wanted. But let him go out on top, face and Sting.
3: Well, and here's the thing: I think they're going to have whatever they do. There, it's going to have to be a. Uh, they're going to be doing WrestleMania inside the the Thunderdome. Good. It's going to be a cinematic match because guess what? The shit ain't fucking dying
2: down. Nope. We might mm-hmm. be getting locked down again.
3: Yeah. So. Um Real quick, I just want to say this. I don't want to take up too much time here, but uh, look, I found out before we came on the show that a friend I worked with a lot of years, she was a good person, she passed away from COVID, and uh, without getting too much details, because I don't want to get into the family and everything for their privacy and stuff, but she worked at a store, and this right here is a perfect example of why. Wear your fucking masks. Mm-hmm. I understand you want to be Billy Badass, and you want to prove to everybody, oh, I don't need a mask. Guess what? It ain't about you. It's about protecting everyone else around us, because this person would probably still be alive if she hadn't caught COVID. Right. And I'm sick and yeah. tired of hearing people say, oh, it's no worse than the flu. The flu kills all these people. This is true, but we have a vaccine for the flu. And two. Right. If anybody dies, I don't care if it's one person, two people, or five million. anybody who dies because of this, it's unfortunate and it doesn't need to happen.
0: I see people on I see people online all the time posting crap about it. I haven't been affected by it. It's a hoax. It's a conspiracy. It's a blah blah blah. Let me tell you, Kyle just Kyle just gave you an example. And earlier this year, what well, back in September, my wife's grandmother died of COVID. I mean. And granted, she had congestive heart failure, but she had that for years. But right. catching catching COVID compounded that, and and that's the point. The point is, like Kyle said, it ain't about you. It's about right. it's about our families. It's about the other. It's about the elderly people. It's Aaron and I have a ninety six year old grandma, and because we work with the public, when I go to her house, I have to. I feel the need to wear a mask in her house because I don't know what. I mean, I could probably. Power. I have a great immune system. I could probably power through COVID like nobody's business. But she's 96 years old. I don't know what I'm taking there. And that's the point. That's the entire point. And to what Kyle said, it's it's not about you. Don't be selfish. Right. Just do what they're asking. It's not a big deal. It's not you know. And the, the other thing no, is no shirt, no shoes, no service. You've you've adhered to that forever. What's the
1: difference? I don't talk about it a lot. But like people are like, I don't like to wear the mask. They're like, nobody likes to wear the mask. Right. If we all like to wear a mask, we would have already been doing it. Yeah. Right. You
2: know and,
1: what I mean? And, and believe me, I don't like to wear pants. If I could just walk around with no pants but, on, but, I'd do it. But nobody but, wants to see my balls. Believe, and nobody wants your COVID. <laughs> so your balls are like COVID.
0: Believe me, everybody. Aaron and I Aaron and I definitely can attest to this. You don't like to wear the mask, and we get that. While you're shopping in the store for ten minutes, both of us wear the fucking thing ten hours a day. Yeah. So don't talk to me about I don't like to wear
1: it. And the mask is just like pants. And like, any... <laughs> eventually somebody, like eventually somebody was like, "Hey, orc, we really hate seeing your balls. <laughs> it's making us all uncomfortable, and it's honestly, making us kind of sick." Can you put it on these pants? <laughs> he was like, oh, "Oh, these are super uncomfortable." But after about a year, he got used to it. Yeah. Right. And here's the other thing: <laughs> So just wear the fucking
3: mask. If we aren't headed towards a lockdown, don't fucking go in and hog all the goddamn toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Yeah. Re- leave some for for everybody else, man. Like, or do like
0: to- I do. Do like I do and subscribe to toilet paper on Amazon yes they send me a box of toilet paper every month
1: <laughs> you know the the
2: argument that i i the, the life out. hack the life hack for that is just buy a bunch of coffee filters <laughs> <laughs> the only argument that i have with the to to put towards the mask people are like this isn't going to help me not get covid no it's not a, again like nate said it's not about you it's to prevent you from possibly giving it to somebody. Exactly. Even if you don't have it, but you were in contact with someone who did, you now have it on your body, on your clothing, mm-hmm. on your skin, and you may take it with you wherever you go. And right. nobody wants to get it. It's not fun. It's, even if even if you, like Nate said, we're younger people. We have good immune systems. It may just be like a flu to us. Okay, great. But do any of us four want to sit in our bed or in the hospital for two and three weeks and no. quarantine and die in pain and, and there's pack up a, our lungs?
1: There's, no. And, and here's the I thing, guys. I don't. I don't want this to be a COVID episode or whatever. But, uh, but the, I told somebody this the other day. There's a few instances where I can say, um, "You don't have to wear the mask." Okay. And I'm a master. I wear my mask. But it's gyms casinos, and bars. And the reason I say that is because you don't have to go to a gym, you right. don't have to go to a casino, and you right. don't have to go to a bar. So if you go to the gym, the casino, or the bar, and you can check COVID, that's your fault. Right. Because you chose to go there. But like, if you go to the grocery store, or a, or a, or a Walmart, or a uh, whatever... Those are places you have to go because you need that shit, right? So people should have to wear the masks. You know, if it's not like an optional place to go. Also, to that point,
0: elderly people are probably not going to be in the bar, well, <laughs> or the or the gym. Well, you know what <laughs> I'm the saying. I mean, there's, the there's always there's always
2: that there. old there's <laughs> always the old fucks. <laughs> Why am Why saying like? Why did everybody look at me? Hey.
3: And here's the thing, like I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'll I'll put it out there. I'm diabetic, so I am at risk, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I've talked to my doctors, who are very damn good doctors, and they have said two people wearing a mask, maintaining six feet. Guess what? It puts the risk down significantly. Mm -hmm. Yep, this works. I don't don't care what you saw on YouTube. I don't care what your neighbor's friend told you. Go by what an actual fucking doctor who went to college and knows what the fuck he's talking about. Right.
0: Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna end this on this note. If you ignore science, you're a fucking idiot. All right. Now I'm gonna go on a little rant, and then Aaron has three gimmicks for us, and then we will talk about um, the candy. I
2: thought we were talking about candy. Candy. You promised Mm. me candy. Candy. That's what Kyle
0: does. Here, here's here's my rant. He
2: promises
1: people candy because
3: <laughs> I, I can't eat it anymore myself, so I gotta give it away. <laughs>
1: so, like, it it doesn't story. have to be in a. It doesn't have to be from a windowless van in a dark alley. <laughs>
3: don't, listen, listen. Don't fucking don't shit on my delivery methods. As That's long as I do it, and, as long as it's good candy, know, what does
2: it matter how he delivers it?
3: Just because I went and got the fucking the ice cream man song. Put on the top, like a speaker, put on the top of my van, and it fucking plays that <laughs> song. Don't fucking doesn't mean anything. Don't
2: like quit and, making it out to be something and, more than it and, is. And to Kyle's credit, when the song doesn't play, he sits there and sings it. I do.
3: So. I'm like doo doo do, doo doo <laughs> <laughs> I want to uh, g- give.
2: I want to give. I want to give you guys two
0: names, and I want to tell you what these. I t- want you to tell me what these two names have in common. Okay. Sergeant Slaughter Mm -hmm. and the Junkyard Dog.
4: Awesome.
2: Mm -hmm. That's Uh, not what I'm looking for, but you're right. Wrestled in three decades, 70s, 80s, 90s.
0: Also right, but not what I'm looking for.
2: They are two guys that
3: may not have been the best in-ring competitors, Mm -hmm. but their characters fucking went way above and beyond anything in the
0: in-ring. All fantastic answers. What I was looking for is those are two guys that are not in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. But oh. Do you know who is now in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame? Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Kenny no. fucking Omega. What the fuck kind of world res- sports well, entertainment. Des- well it should deserved. be the Sports Entertainment Observer now. Kenny Omega in the hall it, it Kenny Omega it, and I hate to steal a joke from me and Aaron's dad but Kenny Omega shouldn't be allowed in the Hall of Fame with a fucking ticket. This guy <laughs> this guy that's what has, my dad
1: said about Sting when they put him in the Hall of Fame. I thought he, he has, said it, that, I thought he said it about Matt about uh, John Madden. No, he's well he might have said it about Madden but he said he said, "When they put Sting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, he said I wouldn't let Sting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame get a fucking ticket." <laughs> and <laughs> and I then they sad. put him again. They put him in again with the police, and I was like, "Fuck, and their time, goddamn sons of bitches!"
0: <laughs> but go ahead, sorry. Kenny Omega has. I don't know that he ever will, because first of all, he's not a wrestler; he's a dancer. He's Fred Astaire. He is. He is. He is less Harley Race and more Fred Astaire. And to put him in any wrestling hall of fame, especially at this point, the guy had, all right, okay, let me just say this. I concede all the time that in New Japan Pro Wrestling a few years ago at a couple of Wrestle Kingdom pay-per-views or whatever, Okada led Kenny Omega through some pretty... Awesome. But, okay, the matches in and of themselves were an hour long and had probably seven minutes of really good highlights. I mean, you watch the whole match. It ain't that great. Rick really got ultimate
1: words in some good matches.
0: Exactamundo, Brett. That is exactly what I'm saying. Look at the big brain on Aaron. That's what I'm talking about. This fucking Omega guy is a joke. He is an absolute joke. He is. He is. I, I would rather watch... I would rather watch El Gigante than I would watch Kenny Omega because El Gigante was at least a fucking attraction. He, it there was something in,
1: interesting
0: that, yes, there was something interesting about him. Kenny Omega dresses like a dope. He wrestles like an idiot. He's stupid. I don't know if he's stupid. He may be intellectually superior to me. I don't care he about that, stupid. but for him like
1: his to be a droopy face makes him look stupid,
0: especially at this point for him to be in any hall of fame. And by the way, just a side note, Now, all the wrestling goobers that circle jerk over AEW and shit and jerk each other off about it, that question the legitimacy of the WWE Hall of Fame... They can suck my fucking big white cock, cause they they that's it is out the window, man. That is the, their argument for anything from the WWE Hall of Fame being illegitimate is out the window because they voted Kenny Omega into their Hall of Fame. But,
3: well, and here's the thing though, we're we're talking about fucking Dave Meltzer, right? I was just but, about to say, but this. here's
1: yeah, and I was gonna say, and, and I've, I've made this joke before to Nate, okay, like the Observer people. They are whatever. When the people knock the WWE Hall of Fame, they say, "Oh, the WWE Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame." They don't even have a building. And I told Nate, I was like, "The Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame doesn't even have a fucking banquet." <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> it's <laughs> just a magazine. It just comes out right, like here. Okay, thanks. <laughs> and I understand. <laughs> I
0: understand. Right? It's not. I understand. It's not Dave Meltzer. I mean, he 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 puts he people and vote. Respect, there are people I that vote. People yeah, that he vote. However, he puts the person on the ballot.
3: And not only that, but like I don't know if you guys have listened to the Bruce Pritchard podcast about gold dust.
0: Nope.
3: It's very good. It's five hours. It's very, very good. Jesus. But <laughs> throughout the entire podcast, of course, if you guys have ever listened, I mean for all the fans who haven't listened to it, basically what he does is he goes through the observer from the times and everything mm-hmm. else. And there is so much shitting on Dustin Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, uh, immense. Even when the times when he got his shit straight and everything else, like Dave Meltzer shit on Gold Dust for no reason because he just didn't like it. Right there it shows you there is somebody who is letting his personal feelings dictate what true talent is. Because guess mm-hmm. what, guys? You know, there's a reason why myself, Aaron, Nate, and Archie – Aren't running a fucking you know a, a Hall of Fame. We have a Hall of Shame, but I don't yeah. think anybody will fucking disagree with but that. But it's all for,
0: it's all for comedy, and it's, it's all fine. opinion, and it's these nothing our, serious about it.
3: If Dave Meltzer came out and said these are my opinions, fine. But when he states shit as fact, mm-hmm. then people who have no brains sit there and they go, "Oh well, goddamn, that's that's how I must think."
2: If Meltzer says it, it must be true. Well, that's the thing. People have given Dave Meltzer way too much credibility, and no one seems to realize that 20 years ago people looked at Dave Meltzer kind of the way they look at Michael Cole, a very annoying person. Mm -hmm. And over the last 20 years, he got this credibility because of his match ratings that everyone hangs on his every word. See, I will agree with Nate on this. Kenny Omega should not be in a Hall of Fame. Not because of why or what he does. That's Neither here nor there. you guys know I'm a Kenny Omega fan. Mm -hmm. But because, number one, he's still way too young in his career. And number two, in the last two and a half to three years, he hasn't really done anything to prove himself anymore since his last match with Okada. So this was really for no reason for them to put him in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. But to Aaron's credit, it's not really a Hall of Fame. It's a magazine, and they voted on who to put in. So, I don't even think Kenny cared about it that much. Like, I didn't see him tweet about it or say anything that great about it. Oh, he'll <laughs> probably add it to his fucking
1: entry video. Oh, probably.
3: So, but two facts. Two facts <laughs> I want to give you guys that's real quick. That was a good one, fucking joke. One, you want to talk, <laughs> talk about Dave Bilzer's fucking star system? He gave a five star to the first Hell and Cell match. Yeah. That's a phenomenal match. But it had a non finish.
2: Right. Can I tell? Can had, I tell you also... Aaron, don't say anything about non-finishing. I know,
3: but it had Kane <laughs> rip off the fucking thing. So right there, you're going to tell me that's a five-star match? I fucking disagree. Two, the only Hall of Fame that I truly recognize, because like you said, WWE, WWE's Hall of Fame, it's it's sports entertainment. It is what it is. But the Cauliflower Year uh, Club...
2: Cauliflower,
3: yes. Cauliflower Year, yes. Club.
0: Yeah, that is Kali Ali 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 The Kali Ali free Hall of Fame
1: Kyle's so pissed off about this He stroked out
3: That is the actual Hall of Fame that actually means something
1: I agree And
0: To And I'm not I'm going to wrap it up But I just, I I had to bring it up because I just, I think that. I wish Kenny Omega's
1: dad would have done that. (laughs) (laughs) Wrapped it up. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) He probably did, but Kenny's a (laughs) fighter. Yeah. Fuck.
0: He's a fighter. He's a a flipper. Fuck. I've never seen that guy
2: be in anything that looked like a real goddamn fight. Ever And that's the problem. Oh, come on. That fight with the eight-year-old Chinese girl was awesome. <laughs> Her I'm name funny Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even say that with a straight face.
0: <laughs> All right. Aaron has some gimmicks for us. Thank you, everybody, for in, in, uh, indulging me in my little rant there.
1: And then we'll take a
2: smoke break. That's yes, cool. we
0: will take a break, and then we'll get into uh, – I
2: will the, say this. Yeah, this this is the first time I agree with Nate when it comes to kind of bashing Kenny Omega here, though. It really is not deserved. And I think it's just Dave Meltzer. Well, and people always make this joke that Dave Meltzer is on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes payroll. Now with AEW, I feel he's on Tony Khan's payroll.
0: Well, and I you think – I honestly, I think he's just like uh, – Jericho and Matt Hardy. At this point, he just wants to be hip
1: with the young kid. He's ruining his legacy to be hip with the young kid. Have you ever seen Tony Khan's dad? Yes. He looks like he made his money
2: off like old timey train (laughs) robberies. Have you ever seen Tony Khan's brother, Sheer Khan? (laughs) (laughs)
4: This guy.
2: This guy. This guy
0: over here. Yeah. All right, this, all right, Aaron. 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 All right. Aaron has Aaron has
1: his gimmicks for us now. All right, these are three jobbers that are joining my federation. They're going to lose to uh, tranny Hodge and a couple, a couple of WWF or whatever. Um, I'll give you the description and then I'll tell you the wrestler. This wrestler can't hold a tune or write any original music of his own. And he is a favorite of Japanese businessmen. Oh God. You know what his name is? Karaoke? Carey- karaoke von Erich. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Karaoke von Eric. <laughs>
0: How does he sing with only one foot?
2: <laughs> There's a
0: tear in my beard. <laughs>
1: he fucking leads into it I like it (laughs) (laughs) due to his (laughs) due to his few due to his few unhealthy blood cells he frequently gets fatigued and is quickly and easily defeated.
2: Is it anemic, McFoley? Is it anemic Foley? No, it's oh. iron deficiency, Mike Shark.
1: <laughs> 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 oh my God.
4: All right, <laughs> <laughs> I got go <laughs> <together. Iron laughs> <C. Mike>
0: <laughs> I also actually though, I also I gotta give I gotta give Archie kudos on Ani Mick Foley.
1: I got one more.
3: All right. So this wrestler
1: this wrestler is easily defeated due to his
2: narcolepsy. <laughs> Hold on take it here. They're right, going
3: fight in the sickle cell.
2: <laughs> sickle hell in a cell. Mm-hmm.
0: Sickle cell in a hell or something. Yeah. All right. So, what's the name of
2: this uh, doctor? This sleepy guy.
1: His, his name is Darren
2: Dozoff. <laughs> oh no!
4: Oh
0: no! <laughs> Oh, that gimmick makes me want to puke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, who's the best one?
2: I liked the first one. Yeah, me too.
1: Yeah. Karaoke Von Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just thought oh, this was on my break at work. It was fun.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that, that
0: being said, we will I take a break. For- oh, go ahead, Kyle.
3: I just had this vision of Eric of uh, the mm-hmm. network and they're like how's those fucking reports coming he's like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> there we go <goes>, <laughs> <with> real shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ain't nobody got
1: time for that fuck your p and I'm trying to come up with shitty gimmicks <laughs>
3: These are gold. Like, <laughs> well, see, by the way, you're laughing, Aaron, I'm not fired. Oh, no, no, you're fired.
0: I'm just <laughs> He's like, what's that disease called where you just randomly fall asleep? Hurry, hurry, tell me. <laughs> tell me. <laughs> Narcolepsy? You got it. You're still fired, though. You're still
3: you're fired. Still fired.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get, your, get your shit out and go. <laughs> Take
1: your shit and go. <laughs> get your shit, I mean. Get your shoe. Yeah, get your (laughs) shit, dummy. Get out of here. And your shoe, too. Take your shoe with (laughs) you. All right,
0: that being said, we will take a break real quick here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And when we return, we will discuss 30 years of The Undertaker. We'll be right back.
1: 30 years and 30 minutes.
0: Alright, wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, episode number 113. And uh, this week, again, as we stated earlier during the uh, the beginning of the show, we we're going to talk about 30 years of The Undertaker. Not going to cover the Mean Mark days, not going to cover the uh, Texas Red days, none of that. Because we're talking about just The Undertaker gimmick, The Undertaker character in the WWF, WWE Throughout the years, some memories um, kind of run down his career. Because, like I said, I mean, we're all of the generation that I mean, we're the Undertaker generation. You know, there was yes, the there was the Bruno generation. You know, there was the I mean, in Texas, Andre there the was, Giant. Yeah, the Texas. There was the Fritz von Erich generation, etc. I'm just talking about these guys that lasted a long time and had a huge impact on the business. And and for us, it's it's the Undertaker. You know, there and, might be and, some and, older listeners listening, and, going, Ah, what about? Eddie Graham, eh, all right, but he died before I was alive. I right, think. right,
1: right. <laughs> and I brought up, she um, didn't, but I brought up uh, Andre the Giant, and I brought that up for a reason. That I know we were all alive mm-hmm. for Andre the Giant, but we weren't. We missed his. Alive. Days. We were alive for the end of Andre the Giant. Uh-huh. The yeah, The Undertaker, yeah. the Undertaker is our Andre the Giant. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, uh, like, like you
0: said, I mean, we were like, we were. Like,
1: like, sorry, I was just gonna say, like kids now, they might watch it and they see like I a, a, I don't want to. I'm not disparaging the guy, but they see when Taker works, he's not, you know, the Undertaker anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, but and it's like you, you guys are seeing a, a 50. Five-year-old guy mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has been doing this for thirty fucking years. That's what we saw with Andre. Like, and that was just I, I would Undertaker never. Say Andre the Giant, yeah, like I would never say, "Oh, I saw the greatest match I ever saw involved in Andre the Giant." Nope. but there was a time when Andre the Giant was doing drop kicks, mm-hmm. was doing leap frogs. He was doing like he did all that shit, you know. And, and, and takers basically our generation's Andre the Giant.
3: Yes. Think about think about the Undertaker in the sense of that. Here's a guy, you know, he came into the WWF at the time when they were putting gimmicks on everybody, and for all intents and purposes, the Undertaker is a stupid fucking gimmick. Because mm-hmm. think about it, really, like the Undertaker, like it's a old west Undertaker. It's you know, it's cheesy, it's goofy. It was designed for nothing more. Than for a throwaway for Hulk Hogan. Yes,
0: yeah, so that's what I was going to say. His that character was designed to be there for a year, right? Do the thing with Hogan at, at the next Survivor Series, and then eventually just fade away, just like all the other killer heel gimmicks did.
3: And he took it serious. Mm-hmm. Never broke kayfabe. Never, never let himself be anything else than the Undertaker. And the credit needs to go to him that you know in a world of, like, crushes, and a world of Duke the Dumpster, Doink Clown. Damien Demento. Damien Demento. What, Friar Furry, whatever. His it brother, the dentist. Yeah. Undertaker was able to surpass that. hmm And uh, I, I can't think of anybody else that has had that kind of gimmick. Just think about it. Like, seriously, like this. it would be like the Boogeyman the
0: the only other the only other guy that I will say had and and, and it, it, I'm not gonna in any way compare him to the Undertaker but the boss only man. other Boss Man yes uh, it, touche uh, so too. because the only other guy I was gonna say that had a gimmick that lasted a really long time that maybe shouldn't have was Kamala <clears throat> yeah. You know, he had with, a very cartoony, goofy kind of gimmick, and and he made it work too. But I mean,
3: but but like with Boss Man, he left WWF and went to WCW and became Big Bubba and and everything else. Right? Undertaker has been there from fucking 1990.
1: Well, I, I know. I was just saying, no, like, I, the, I, I, I was just saying, like a cartoonish type gimmick that shouldn't have been anything. It's fucking Boss Man and the Undertaker, and like Nate said, Kamala.
3: And think about it, seriously, like, really and truly, like, if you watch pro wrestling and, you know, you watch, if you're used to, like, the southern style wrestling where it's fucking 60 Minutes, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat and everything else, and then you watch The Undertaker, it's, to you, you're going to be like, the fuck is this, like, it's such a goofy, silly, even Paul Bearer should have been a goofy, silly, you know, gimmick, Mm -hmm. but god damn, did he fucking... Make you believe it, like that to me is the biggest piece of credit. I mean, yeah, how can yeah. you not say that he's the greatest of all time?
1: And and even without the uh, taking the the goofy aspect out of it, Mark Calloway, The Undertaker, did how do I want to say it? He took a gimmick and did less in the ring and made more than. Yeah. Any other fucking human being could ever do, mm-hmm.
2: while also making other stars. Yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, is, does that does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Um, the Undertaker debuted in 1990, and as a child, nine year old, yeah, he was scary. As I got older, he got scarier though. That was mm-hmm. the funny part because. He was throwing light bulb, uh, lightning bolts and making things burst into flames. He was torturing Vince McMahon and burning a bear. You know what I mean? He got more vicious. But then as his career continued to transcend, look, Gigante and WCW, Nate, you mentioned it earlier. He was an attraction there. They brought him in as this badass, although he was dressed like a Buffoon in Giant Gonzalez, but the Undertaker put him over for a bit. Same thing with Great Kali Same mm-hmm. thing with Vader. Same thing with Kane. You mentioned Kane before he was Kane, the Undertaker's brother. He was stealing somebody's personality and becoming Diesel. Mm-hmm. He was a dentist and he was the Unabomber. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then because he became Kane, the Undertaker's brother, and they had such great chemistry. It worked and it clicked and Kane made a career out of it, right?
1: For, for me, yeah. and, and 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 like I said now, with the 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 making um, the more more with less thing, Mark Calloway took a career and extended it, and and, and this is a, like an insignificant thing, but where like a Sean Mike I'm not knocking Shawn Michaels we like a no, Shawn Michaels no. might have to have a match where he has to have like four or five, six, seven, near kickouts, Mark Calloway took his career, and all he had to do was fucking sit
3: up. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. All he had to do
1: was just sit
3: up. I'm going to give you my personal feeling of Undertaker, because it's kind of like Archie. Like, I was a young kid when Undertaker first showed up. And, you know, it was scary as fuck. It was like, holy shit, like, this guy's undead. This guy is, you know... Kind of killed a little bit when I saw Superman, Superman Commando, because... <laughs> Hi, Kyle! Yeah, like, I mean, it is funny, though. It's funny as for what it is, but uh, like, at, as Undertaker evolved, like, you know, it's kind of like one of those guys I grew up with, where, you know, like, as he turned into the more, you know, Lord of Darkness, it was like, this is coming of age when I discovered, like, you know, Black Sabbath and Death Metal, so right. it was like, oh, this guy's fuck cool rotting into into the badass undertaker, you know, as you know, you're trying to discover yourself
0: and to take you're it old- to take it back to the beginning, the debut of the undertaker. Um, I remember at the time now this is going to sound crazy, but going around my school. Okay. So the hype was Ted DiBiase's million dollar team. He's going to have a mystery partner on his team the hype going around my school, and people might go, what? When they hear it, was that it was going to be not – because nobody knew what the fucking Undertaker was going right. to be. Like, that was a surprise, a complete surprise. Right. The, the word going around my school bef- between, between us all 11- and 12-year-olds that we had heard from teenagers and stuff or whatever – was that it was going to be Shane Douglas because Shane Douglas at that time was was young was a young up and comer, and he would actually be in the Royal Rumble in ninety one. So a couple of months later, and he had been on some of the TV tapings, and so anyway, then that I one said... I don't
1: know why I thought I like I was thinking back when I was talking about this. I don't know why, but for some reason. Little B honestly thought it was gonna be Butch Reed.
0: Well, because no he,
2: he had ties to the Survivor series and to the WWF in the past, so it might have made sense. Mm-hmm. You know. And
0: my biggest memories of his debut at this point now, you know, come from the commentary. First of all, Roddy Piper, look at that ham hock. Yeah. And then uh Gorilla. Uh, About a minute and a half into the match, Taker hits Coco with a tombstone. And Gorilla goes, He hit him with a tombstone. And Piper goes, What? I think he calls it a tombstone. Like, he wasn't supposed to. I don't think he was supposed to. Yeah, Gorilla had too
2: much information.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think he calls it a tombstone. That's my guess. I don't don't know.
2: (laughs) What the fuck do (laughs) I know? know? You look at the. We we mentioned that the character transcending and turning into something different. The tombstone, when he delivered it to Coco Beware, looked deadly. Yeah, I yeah. could have swore, even till today when I go back and watch the match, I'm like, how is Coco Beware still alive? You know what I mean? Because he mm-hmm. literally landed on his head. And now you look at the way that when he hoist the guy up now, he's not holding their arm anymore. He's got them by the waist and the chest, and he's mm-hmm. making sure he's protecting them because we all know what happened with Owen Hart and and Steve Austin and has happened with other wrestlers, they only trust The Undertaker and Kane to do that move anymore. I so. remember,
3: like, so when when, uh, when Taker finally fought against Hogan, you know, Taker's like, I'm gonna bury all the Hulk and Maniacs and everything else. Like, I remember like, my dad like, Dad, he's gonna fucking kill Dolph Hogan! Like, <laughs> like I was fucking terrified, man. I was like, you know... It... <laughs> And it was one of those things that, you know, looking back, I missed that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that suspending disbelief because we didn't know we had to. We were in disbelief.
3: No one told me that wrestling was the work until I was, you
2: know, fucking probably 12 or 13. Now, see, Kyle, as an adult now, when I go back and watch that match, Undertaker and Hogan... And no longer being a Hulkamaniac because I stopped being one of those when I was, like, 12. Flair, Flair puts the chair, Taker does the tombstone. And wouldn't you know it, Hogan still had to try to kick out a two-and-a-half, three. Yep. Like, like you couldn't even put him over when it was being done in a dirty deed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He still and, and had to Hogan, try to kick out.
1: And in reality, Hogan actually, like, I, I think it's funny they said bury the Undertaker, but in reality, in the locker room, Hogan buried Taker for that. and yep. said the Taker actually fucked up his neck and fucked up that tombstone. Mm-hmm.
3: And, Although we watched, and, the- and, and, that,
1: and that's why, that's why to this day, you don't hear Mark Calloway say a lot of good shit. About yeah, he doesn't nope. speak.
0: He doesn't speak of reverence. He doesn't speak with reverence of. Oh, he, Cal- said, he said. He said Hogan him almost,
1: tried, You know. Unless it's brought up, but he's, he's right. at Hogan, he said Hogan tried to bury him in that locker room, and, and he don't, he don't, he doesn't have, like he. I think he's even got um more. You, like, I was gonna understand for him than Steve Austin does.
0: Well, I was gonna say also, you. Uh, I think that even though he was a colossal pain in the ass. From everything I understand, and from everything I've observed from Undertaker's interviews and stuff, I think he has more respect for Shawn Michaels than he does. Yeah, just right. uh,
1: Like he, had, like Shawn, could actually say something about Taker fucking him up in that casket match, but Shawn never blamed nope, Undertaker. He never said it mm-hmm. one time. But no. Hogan fucking went. It, from, like I said, I wasn't in there, but if you listen to Undertaker talk about it, he said Hogan went in that locker room and said Mark dropped me on my head.
0: And was there he
1: still pisses was, the Mark off.
0: Was there a more amazing? Just kind of moving through here, that as we go through his career, it makes me think of shit. Going through the Hogan thing and all that with the title, was there a more perfect person? to turn Undertaker's character
2: baby faced than Jake fucking Roberts. No, it was you know? it was you you look at the the way that whole storyline played out from Undertaker putting Warrior in a casket. Mm. Warrior trying to dig through and when they opened it all the stuffing was on Warrior. And then Jake Roberts toying with the Warrior to teach him how to beat the Undertaker, but then he turned on Warrior, or, and now they're friends. Like one, you know, or following or Jake up to
1: hit Elizabeth with the chair. I was about
2: right. to
0: say, following up one of the greatest rivalries they ever did in that company, Jake Roberts and Randy Savage. Right, Jake Roberts' character being such a son of a bitch that he is yeah. waiting behind the curtain to hit Elizabeth with a steel chair yeah. and undertaker out of undertaker is the one to stop him. Right. You know, I mean, we Aaron and I dog a lot on Jake Roberts as a person. Cause as a person, he's a complete he's a shitty a human shit. but I will never deny that guys. He's one of the best heels ever one of the best psychologists ever. Oh, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, just, I mean,
1: I'll never deny his talent. And and this might sound, this might be stupid too, but that was kind of cool too, because like NWA did and WCW did, but WWF at the time, they didn't do a lot of shit where it was like behind the curtain. Right. You know know what I mean?
3: Like,
1: like you didn't, you didn't see a lot of shit like that in WWF.
3: And here's the thing, like with Undertaker turning, your baby face it's it's that whole adage of like you want to cheer for J- Jason you want to cheer for the Terminator you want to cheer for Freddy you know and it's it's that the the bad guys are always the coolest mm-hmm. right. to, you know and so finally you have him turn good you're like oh fuck I can finally cheer for this guy like he's right. doing good shit like you right. know and that's the thing they didn't change Taker's character he was still you know the undead mortician is just he was going after the bad guys. Right. Exactly.
0: And that's the that's the mark of a really good character, is whether they're a heel or a face, they're essentially the same character. Right. You know, the rock. Even to an extent, to an extent, and I don't want to get I don't want to get deep deep in the woods here, but even to an extent, was there really a huge difference between Hulk Hogan and Hollywood Hulk Hogan? No, there wasn't. Like, I mean Hulk Hogan, babyface Hulk Hogan was a heel. You
1: know what I mean? Like
0: that. he grew
2: grew a beard and colored in black. Yeah,
0: I mean, but but anyway,
1: it's like he still talked about how great he was, and mm -hmm. and everybody worship me. Listen, everybody worship me. Listen to what I'm telling you. I'm telling you the best way to live your life.
3: Right. I know that. I know we're talking about Undertaker, but Undertaker turning here and protecting Liz is kind of like Steve Austin in like 99 protecting Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, he he's he doesn't give a shit about anything, but hey, he does have a little bit of a moral compass. Like there's I a I, I know of... right from
0: wrong and yes. right. Mm-hmm. right. And that was the, that's why I said turning turning him in that with Jake was the best way to turn him face because you know, Aaron, you, you put it great, right from wrong. It gave the character depth and more of a moral compass. Right. And you know, it, it took that one side again. We talked about it taking this shitty gimmick, pretty much, and turning it into a multifaceted character that I can get emotionally invested in. Boy, right. these modern
3: wrestlers could really learn a lot from that. Yeah, how about that? Um, well, and here's the other big thing. Like, when when it happens, you know, Jake's, Jake's telling him, he's like, You need to tell me which side are you on. And Taker doesn't go on a fucking 15 minute diatribe on why he's, you know, why right. he's changing, he just says, Not yours, right? And that's all you needed to say. Now, and then, would have a 15 minute fucking ex- explanation. And then, watch.
2: and then what made it even more, which made him look human for the first time, was Jake then destroys him by trapping his hand in that coffin, mm-hmm. beating up Paul Bearer. Now he's remorseful and trying to get the Paul Bearer. And you see this monster, maybe not a monster that much anymore. I mean, he could still turn it on, but. It it gave him a human side. Talking about Anybody, Jake any, when,
1: he, when he DDTs Paul Bear. There's this there's this fucking Saturday Night's Main whatever where Gene's interviewing him, at, or, no it's 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 right before WrestleMania their match WrestleMania Eight, right Nate?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Where he's like they're like Gene's showing him all this shitty shit that Jake did, and he's like he DDTs Paul Bear, and Jake's like oh quick trip. Bad landing. <laughs> yeah, Yeah,
3: and we're talking about Undertaker, but real quick, I want to I want to give some praise to Paul Bearer because yeah. I don't think oh, without Paul Bearer, Taker would
2: have ever been what he was. Can you imagine? I don't think he would have been the same if he would have still been with Brother Love. No, that was, <laughs> that, was
0: that was goofy to begin with. And I, mean, I don't.
2: I,
1: I made I made, I made notes and I put there's never been a better. Manager, wrestler package than Paul Bearer and the Undertaker. I agree. Do you know what the only other like I I, I agree with you? I I put one I I thought of one thing, one group, and I and I almost put it up above them, but I didn't. I'm gonna see if you say the same thing you might be thinking Uh, what I'm thinking. I,
0: I was gonna say I would say number one, if I'm talking manager, wrestler combo as a package, obviously taker and bearer are number one second for me is heenan and mr perfect that's not what I put i, 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 was, I put right I was, gonna,
2: go I, was ahead, say, I was gonna say heenan and Andre
1: okay I, there there's only one group there's only one manager can I take a guess wrestler combo mm-hmm.
3: can I say what I said I going to I just I to take a guess Liz and macho nope there's
1: All only right, one, What's one, the right one one package there's only one package I put like right like it's A1 AB, and it's Jim Cornette and the Minette Express. Mm-hmm. Okay,
3: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Cornette cared for them, so it made I sense. Just,
3: to me, I like the fact even outside the ring that Paul Bearer was the one that drove the Undertaker mm-hmm. everywhere, and he was the one to get the gas. And
1: but but it's like I oh, think of, get the a, gas <laughs> when I <laughs> when I think of the Undertaker, I think of Paul Bearer. And right, when I think right. Midnight Express. I think of Jim Cornette. Yep, oh, And that, of That's why I put them, A one, A B. Now, poor Undertaker
0: through '93 and
1: '94 and '95. It, it was rough. The poor yeah, guy.
0: They they put him against every clumsy, fucking. I mean, and God bless him, you know. I mean, what a worker, but because <laughs> he got some decent matches out of some shitty. Oh yeah, oh, yeah.
3: Like, uh, WrestleMania '11 should
1: have been shit.
3: Yeah, but I will say this, though. He got a
1: a choke slam on Bundy. (laughs) WrestleMania 11, he was like, we ain't doing Tombstone, brother. That shit ain't
3: happening. (laughs) That ain't (laughs) happening. As bad as some of it was to see him and Yoko.
0: Oh, yeah. no, yeah. That's that's definitely something that that I was going to mention, Kyle, is through that whole time. I mean, you talk about the best big man workers ever. Yokozuna for his size and his breadth and everything. I mean, he's definitely – he's a – that's a different. That's a different conversation than my, most of the other guys that Taker was up against.
3: My favorite promos were the ones where they would go and they would show. You know, Paul Bear would be talking about like, you know, like yes, my making
2: the casket. Yes, yeah.
3: and Taker's sitting
2: there building the fucking casket. Well, you, like, and you wouldn't see him at first. You'd hear a ting, yes, ting, and Paul Bear would talk over it, and then you'd get right on the face of the sweaty Undertaker building a cat it was like wow i i love this i want to see more of this
0: and also 1994 is the absolute i've said this on the show before 1994 a lot of people dog 95 i'm actually a fan of WWF 95 i am too for I me too. for me other than 1999 1994 as a whole you know there are some moments like wrestlemania 10 etc cetera. Et cetera but as a whole company, ninety four is the most boring year in the WWF. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and and Yoko and Taker, Taker did great business. They did they worked great together. And people can shit on that Royal Rumble all they want. But fucking fifteen uh, year old or fourteen year old me, I thought that shit was cool. Yeah, you know, seeing see Taker get
1: <laughs>
2: lifted like, into the rafters like where he looks
1: like where he looks like I look right now.
3: <laughs> and here's the coolest thing about it. Like, Taker's entrance is perfect. It's kind of like with Bray Wyatt's now. It gave the fans a chance to be a part of it. Right. Because every single time that you would, the, you would hear that gong and the lights would go down, up would come those lighters. Right. Yep. And, I mean, God, can we can we give credit to Jim Johnson for that fucking theme? I mean, that is just...
0: Although, that I love that theme. His coolest theme is the one in '98 with the guitars and shit. But we'll get to with that. With the Ministry of
2: Darkness? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Not, no, not that
0: one. The one before that. Yeah,
2: that was essentially, it became the Ministry's music, I think. Yeah, they, and they, they, slowed it, they
0: slowed it down a little bit during yeah. that
2: and weed and chanting and stuff. Now, see, so you guys are mentioning, though, that Taker got in the ring with some of the clumsiest people. And mm-hmm. I by, by no means mean any disrespect for, to Kamala, God rest his soul. Or giant Gonzalez, God rest his soul. But essentially, Hogan leaves. And whether you want to admit it or not, Undertaker took on the role of Hogan because before then, Hogan was fighting all these guys. Bundy oh, yeah. and and you know uh, uh you know all these big monsters. So it was like the Undertaker took over the Monster Slayer gimmick.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, they, so. they kind of split Hogan's role after he left. They kind of right. gave they kind of gave Bret the champion role, right? And right. then they gave Taker the slay the beast role, right? And,
3: shit, and you should talk WrestleMania nine as much as you want, but like, tell me there wasn't a bigger freaking eruption when Taker gets taken out by the the chloroform and then he comes coming back, right? So basically, the dead. Like, what those, about the
2: that, entrance? The the crow yeah. sitting on that peat that perch and, and him
0: Jim and Ross. You know the, chlor- the chloroform comes out, and Jim Ross is like, "Oh my God, he's hitting him with the Buck Zumhoff move." But anyway, um, uh, so as as the WWE WWF evolved in '96 and '97, as did the Undertaker, which is a, a, a running theme in his career. Ironically, a man who can evolve with the time, evolve with his company evolve his character because he has an emotional investment in it and um I mean in 96 97 uh, we we, so roll, we roll through okay first of all I am a fan of his feud with diesel going into Wrestlemania 12
2: uh, I I wasn't all right I'm gonna let me I don't mean to cut you off Nate I was not a fan until Diesel opened up the casket and it revealed him in the casket Mm -hmm. because that was the first time they'd ever done anything like that. And then I was hooked to that feud and I I wanted to see what was going to happen.
0: The reason I like that feud is it was the first time that Kevin Nash got to be Kevin Nash. Right. And the Undertaker, of course, was doing his gimmick, but it was another one of those times that feud is another time where the taker where takers uh, the taker the taker, where taker's gimmick evolved because he feuded with Kevin Nash, who was kind of sort of shooting because he was he was about to leave the company and he was yep. he was being himself. So during that feud, I feel like organically Mark let more come out of himself,
3: right. Right. Real quick, before we go any further, I want to I wanna step back real fast because we kind of glazed by it. But, you know, as goofy as it was at SummerSlam to have Taker versus Taker. It worked. The fucking storyline building up to it where Taker it supposedly is, is bad and he's been bought by Ted DiBiase and Paul Bearer's coming out like, what are you doing?
2: Look, it, it's... It's terrible. That, that no,
3: no. It, yeah,
2: <laughs> sorry, sorry, guys. No, listen, It was it was it was cheesy, but it was cheesy in a good way. It was like the build, like Kyle said, the buildup, and and Leslie Nielsen looking for the Undertaker, and you know, Million Dollar Man saying, "I have the Undertaker," and here comes out Brian Lee, and for the most part, Brian Lee was the Undertaker. He was actually doing a damn good job. Until he got nose to nose with Mark Calloway, and we realized he's an inch and a half shorter than that yep. son of a bitch. The payoff <laughs> is not good. <laughs> you know You, I mean?
0: you, you guys, you, you guys know I love you, right? Yeah. Yes. That was hot fucking garbage. It's terrible. Oh, come on, I, Dave, this it's hard.
3: This is Nate, terrible.
0: When you see
2: them, agree. when you see them head and shoulders, <laughs> and you're like. Wow, Undertaker's looking down on on Brian Lee right now. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, hold on. That that, that, that Taker playoff.
1: versus Taker was fucking trash.
2: Not, <laughs> it was better. It was better than Kane versus Kane. <laughs> hold on, hold Oof. on, hold on.
1: Time out,
3: time out. That was not now good, like brother. That, that was like not saying, good, brother.
1: That's like uh, saying uh, early two thousand WCW was joke. better than late two thousand.
0: It's WPW. New York rules, bro. Nobody, nobody hold got on. my joke.
3: I did. For oh okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying that the payoff was good. The payoff was No, good. it was horrible. But, but what I'm saying is the build up where the, the only Taker, the only good Kyle. thing
1: the, the only Kyle. good thing that the yeah. only good thing that came out of that whole Tager versus Tager thing was when Leslie Nielsen was like the women were out of the pool feeling macho and then Randy's like standing there and like women are like feeling. That was the Kyle. only funny <laughs> thing. <laughs> Kyle Kyle, I though? want you to listen to me. I
0: want I, you to listen hey, to me, Kyle. All right.
3: One, one, one second. Macho has the greatest fucking line because they're like, "Oh, Macho." He's like, "Easy, ladies. It's a family <laughs> show."
0: Kyle, you yes. said, "Oh my God, did somebody just get murdered?"
2: No, it's my granddaughter. Oh God.
3: Oh,
0: is she okay?
3: <laughs> yeah. No, she's just oh. fighting. I remember she when just, my she fighting. just she just watched the Undertaker versus
0: Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember when my kids used to scream <laughs> like that. All right, Kyle. Yes, you said the the buildup was great. the payoff wasn't. okay, listen to me and hear me out all right we we'll, we'll move on. I'll get off of this <laughs> when you approach at two thirty a m the really ugly girl at the bar <laughs> the build up is great, and then later on, as you're sobering up a little bit. The payoff isn't – but in reality, once you sober up completely, it was all bad. It was all bad. All of it was bad. (laughs) You are – but you
2: got to – Nate, you have to realize something. There's just one person person with a clap. (laughs) (laughs) At the most, Kyle and I were like 14 or
3: 15. That's why it was great. At the time? At the time it, it's a great thing. And yes, right. maybe as you sober up, it gets horrible, but at that time it is what it was and, mm. and if, it, it has some with it. it. And then we're wrestling it. with regret afterward. Hey to <laughs> leave Brian ain't alone.
1: <laughs> I always wondered if somebody spreads the clap is then that applause. <laughs> hey oh that was a good one, Aaron. All right, moving <laughs> along. Moving along, I do. I I want to do this. I I do want to say this. I I made notes. Mm-hmm. I like notes. Oh, and I and I do have some some questions, like quick hit questions that I'm going to ask guys. Ask okay. you guys. Okay, go ahead. We don't have, we don't have to do it now, Nate. If you don't want to, but well, you
0: can as as we go through. You can ask them during the time frame they took place
1: if you want. Well, it's not really a time frame thing. It's just okay. like boom, 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 boom. Okay, but all right.
2: Oh, I also no.
1: wrote, okay, well, let me ask this. Okay. okay. I'll start with my first question. And I can tell, I'll let you guys answer, and then I'll tell you if that was my answer. Undertaker, is greatest rival. Greatest rival. And we'll start with Kyle. In your opinion, Kyle, who is the Undertaker's greatest rival? Mankind. That was my answer. That
3: was also or,
0: my
1: answer. That was my answer as well, and that's that segues
0: perfectly because I was about to say the Undertaker character uh, to me kind of grew up during the Kevin Nash feud, and he grew into this feud with this crazy, insane mankind in which not only is mankind the 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 one wrestler that since he started the gimmick really got the most... you know, got. He sold for the most. They got the, the best of him the most. He took his fucking manager. He took his yeah. brother, the Undertaker.
1: Yeah. You know? he, he was the only, he was the. – I'm sorry. I, I, the reason the Mankind character is Undertaker's greatest rival is super simple. And you know what it is? Is He was the only guy that the Undertaker fought that wasn't afraid of him.
3: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And that
0: the Undertaker at times looked at him and seemed a bit afraid of him. Yeah, They're not it, afraid it, of him.
2: Uh, not afraid but of him, but at least slightly. leery of him. Right, right. I can't hurt it, this guy.
3: I'm sure all of us can go back to to SummerSlam '96 and remember what you thought when, because they do that so brilliantly. Here comes Taker out of the Boiler Room brawl, and he fucking reaches up to grab that urn and fucking Paul Bearer smashes him back on him. Yep.
1: it. Yep, and that him, boiler
3: like what the fuck.
1: And that boiler room brawl, I've brought this up a couple times, is they have these cinematic matches and shit now. It's like you don't you don't need to do it like that. Like No, the Boiler Room Brawl was perfectly. The done. only thing, the <laughs> and, and, only thing and, and, that the only thing that
0: the only thing that hurt the boiler room brawl was lack
1: of commentary. Yeah. Right. I don't even think that hurt it. I thought it made it better.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, I disagree on that. And it is, it, you know, it's semantics. It is, you know, it is what it I, is. But I just
3: think I just think, I just think commentary
0: team. would have made the match better.
3: I just feel bad for the fans in that arena having to watch the fucking match. On a like, TV on screen. TV, right. On those fucking right. TVs that you used right. to bring down for your fucking school. Like, that was yes. right. to the Howard F-
0: Howard, Howard Finkel's like, ladies and gentlemen, the 27-inch Nikons. <laughs> yeah. Here you I go,
2: fuckers. I paid five hundred for a ringside seat to watch a fifty-inch screen. What are you talking about
1: here? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when they when 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 they'd bring out the little TV at Sherman Elementary and be like, "We want to watch Cheetah or um, Glory, glory. <laughs> glory." For me, it
0: was Glory. God damn it! How many times a year did I have to watch
3: Glory? For, for me, for me at Sherman Elementary,
1: it was it at Sherman Elementary. It was like we're either gonna watch Cheetah which was a movie terrible. about about it like a white a porno. no it was about <laughs> a a um, um, white kid in Africa that became friends with a cheetah aha uh-huh. or um lean on me because they wanted all of, they wanted
2: all of us to understand that so even though wait, we're in
1: school wait
2: wait either. Morgan Freeman with a baseball bat
1: yeah, or, or cheetah,
2: or try to figure out how a white kid got to Africa.
1: <laughs> no, no, the white kid was, I don't, this is going to get too, easy. yeah, we're not
2: going <laughs> to Leave it alone, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, gonna gonna leave it alone, Eric. Yeah, we're going to And that was the longest
1: <laughs>
0: night of Aaron Mex's life.
1: Yeah, we're not going to get too deep into Cheetah. So back to The Undertaker.
0: Hey, I don't do a bad Morgan Freeman for a <laughs> No, way. you don't. I was going to say you actually.
1: It was good. And that dude was always old, by the way. I've never seen, like, a young Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I
3: love I love the South Park when they, they talk about him. They're like, yep. every time that Morgan Freeman shows up to explain something, he gets another
2: freckle. <laughs> 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 and they would zoom in on his Facebook, ping, another one would pop up.
0: <laughs> so. Um, answer, the,
2: Undertaker,
0: the, the Undertaker feud with Mankind, I think we've established his greatest rival.
2: I'm, I'm going to go on record and say that's my favorite feud that he had because and not a lot of our listeners might know this, the feud kicked off on Mankind's debut. Yeah. Yep. He fought Bob Holly earlier in the night on Raw, won and then after The Undertaker had his match on the main event of Raw, here comes Mankind to kick the crap out of him and do it well.
0: And I'll tell you this, those of you that are younger listeners that were not watching like we were live and in person as we watched pro wrestling as it evolved, shit like that did not happen. Nope. Especially nope. with somebody who just made their debut.
2: I thought it was unplanned. I was like, did Mick Foley just go rogue? Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was very, very it was it was very out of the ordinary and obviously as the as the time goes on they came back to that feud. Yep. And you know, Undertaker won the title from Sid and then went through a feud with Vader and et cetera, et cetera, and had had my favorite my favorite um SummerSlam main event ever with Bret Hart at the ninety seven SummerSlam.
3: Right. Um, well, well. Real quick, hang on before we get to that because mankind's feud with Undertaker was so important that it because of the whole face burning thing and Taker turning the fire on Paul Bear uh, Paul Bear comes out and is like, "I'm gonna fucking reveal a secret about you, Undertaker."
1: Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and see, this might sound and Nate, this all you guys, this might sound silly, but um. Taker Mankind was almost similar to like Tommy Dreamer versus Raven.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there, because there was there, a lot there, of good backstory. Yeah. But, it, it,
1: it, but even shit would burn off from it. You know? Right like, right. like Tommy and Raven would feud with each other, and then somebody else would get involved in it, and then Tom, right. Tommy'd well, start to <laughs> feuding with that guy, but eventually it came. To, to to cool and Tommy and and Taker and Taker and Mick was the same way because like Mick showed up and then all of a sudden now um this Mick this I keep calling it Mick but this mankind take the thing now this turn now turns into Vader or it turns into mankind and Taker and now um Terry Gordy and, and, and here comes Terry Gordy and here comes Kane and all it, it all. Like, you know what um, I
3: mean, and and they had, like I said, I mean, again, you want to talk about a goofy ass gimmick, the buried alive match.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: For all intents and purposes, it should be fucking silly, but like, it wasn't though. To see Undertaker get buried, right, and to see that fucking hand pop up, Yep. like, yep. how are you not going to fucking be like, oh my god, yeah,
2: Kyle, I that I I agree with you one hundred percent. You go back to the Yoko feud, the first match he had with Yoko. They put him in the casket. He shows up on the Titansron and then floats off into the rafters and disappears. At the end of the buried alive match, when they bury him, you're like, okay, what's gonna happen? What are we gonna see now? And then it's just a simple hand popping up out of the grave to let you know I'm not gone. And
3: then like,
2: he turns Hey, hey
3: <laughs> right. And then he <laughs> returns as a fucking bat from the ceiling.
2: Yep. Yep. It's like Which was a little weird. Was a little was a little weird. <laughs> it was a little weird, you know, like like I mean, okay, you got buried. And he had a dead, he had a you know? teardrop
1: tattoo. That was yeah. like the only thing the Undertaker did that I was like, really, I have a teardrop. <laughs> right, tattoo. Like,
2: right, right. Are weird. you are you a mur- did you murder somebody while you were gone for that three months? What did you do? We you
0: have know? talked we have talked about it plenty on the show. We're not going to harp on it. We're not going to spend a bunch of time on it. But since we're talking about Undertaker's career and we're talking about mankind, like I was trying to allude to earlier, like Aaron said, their feud kind of evolved and, and it would go away and it would come back because, again, comparing it to Raven and Dreamer. And, of course, we would be remiss not to at least mention the Hell in a Cell um, and I, one of the most iconic moments in wrestling history. And again, we've heard, we've talked about it a million times in the show. We've gone deep, deep, deep into it. They yeah, killed it, But I mean, again, once again, a man, the man making a, a, an indelible mark on the on the uh, on the on the business. So now,
3: well, real quick, I w- I want to say mm-hmm. that it was perfect for Undertaker because that's like the start of the kind of Undertaker turning heel. Right, in his ninety-eight run, and like right. think about that, like. How much more of a heel can you be? Be like, I don't give a shit about this guy. I'm going to throw him out the fucking cell. Well, it's, right. I, I wrote. I wrote
1: down. Um, like I just picked six of the coolest moments ever for the Undertaker, and one of them was the Survivor Series debut, which we talked about. But one that's on my notes is that it's it's fucking awesome what Mick did. And yep. sacrificing himself for getting thrown off the cell, and I'm sure we'll talk about Mick at some point. But one of the coolest, most iconic moments for me is when he throws when, when he gets thrown off, and they pan up and like Taker's just looking at it. Right. Yeah, you know, he's just like no remorse. At, he has you know, no yeah the devastation that he did. It's fucking fantastic.
3: And let's say let's not forget the fact that Undertaker's a badass. He fought and did that match with a fucking broke ankle.
2: I uh I recently watched an interview with Mick and he mentions that they were actually, there was more planned for the match. But when he went through the cage and Terry Funk comes out, Terry Funk goes to Mick in his ear and he's like, tell me and we'll cancel the match. It's over. You know, you've gone 15, 20 minutes. It's done. Mick's like, no, go to Taker and tell him to knock you out because the fans will cheer if he hits a legend like Terry Funk. So he's like, okay. So he goes to Taker, and he's like, you know, on camera we're seeing him go back off, leave him alone, he's dead, he's down, he's whatever. But he's really telling him, you know, Mick wants you to hit me and knock me out so that the fans will pop. So Taker's like, okay, and he comes back, and he hits him with that soup bone of a fist. <laughs> and Terry Funk goes over his head, is goes over his ass, and his shoe flies off. Why, I don't know. <laughs> but you see it when it does happen. And all Mick kept thinking when he was getting pulled to the back after the match is over, was whose shoe was that? <laughs> that was his man. Not am I dead? Not yeah. am I not, hurt? Not are, are my those my teeth. Okay? teeth. Right. Yeah. He's like,
3: whose shoe was that? They're or right. how about the fact that Mick Foley fucking dislocates his shoulder and he's like, Taker, hit me with the fucking chair. Right. Put it back in the place. Plates. Like, good God.
0: So we've, ro- we've moved into 98 and we would be remiss if we didn't mention probably, I mean, in the story... You know, we say mankind, but if you're talking the kayfabe story of the history of The Undertaker, you would probably say his greatest rival was his own brother, Cain. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention that until until they really... You know what, guys? Until they really started fucking with the story of Cain and Undertaker, namely Vince Russo, in 99, which is my least favorite year in the WWF ever. It was a great story. Like it was just a good story. And the two guys worked perfectly together and yeah. meshed well with Bill Moody. And I mean, everything was perfect. And these guys were always good together. Sometimes, like I said, their story got stupid and WWE would play with it too much and et cetera, et cetera. But they I had some, them. they had some bad matches with each other. Let's be honest. They had some bad, but they're two great. workers
3: well, the to match fucking terrible. <laughs> think about that, like the story of Here Comes Kane. Kane takes attacks Undertaker, and Undertaker's like, "I'm not fighting my own flesh and blood." Right. Like, and it took fucking Kane, basically setting Undertaker on fire for Undertaker to be like, "All right, you know what? The fucking gloves are off." Right. Like, I'm, you want to burn me?
2: I'll fight you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but uh, Nate, I still don't know who set that damn fire. They switched it so many times. Oh, first yeah. it was Kane, then it was the Undertaker, then it was Paul Bearer, then the, uh, it was an accident. Like was that, K- K- that's, that's the, that was. Taker's, that, oh, go ahead, Taker's,
1: go ahead. Taker's a better brother than Brett because, <laughs> because all, all, all Owen did all Owen did was kick his leg out of his out of leg. his leg. Right. Like, <laughs> it, it took a fire to make be Undertaker beat his own brother up.
3: And of course, we, How could we not forget the famous or infamous Jerry Lawler talking to Paul Giamatti about banging the baker's mommy? Yeah,
1: yeah. One one leg was in California
0: and
3: the other
1: leg was in New York. You know what's one yeah. of the? You know what's one of my actual? And I'm and, 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 oh, sorry, uh, you guys talked about Jerry Lawler. When you bring up Jerry Lawler, it's like bringing up Bobby Heenan to me like through the entire episode Lawler's like you hear Paul Bear talking about bumping uglies with the Undertaker's mom <laughs> and all this shit and then like like he's just saying all this shit And he's like oh man you know he took the he took the one eyed train to town and all this shit you know <laughs> and he's just saying all this shit and then all of a sudden like the camera just pans up and fucking Taker's there Lawler's like shit and fucking Taker beats his shit out of him it's fucking fantastic it's one of the best two hours you, you, you'll ever see. It's we're not—we're not—we're not, we're not, we're not going
0: to keep back and forth into the Undertaker, Kane. So I'm just kind of discussing it now. But other than that, the earlier part of their their story, um, and I'm—I'm I'm not I, to be perfectly honest with you. Other than even though I'm a fan of the American badass gimmick, I'm not a big fan of them as the Brothers of Destruction. It is what it is, but. Actually, low key, one of my favorite story, one of my favorite arcs of the Undertaker Kane story they ever did was actually more modern. I feel old because right now I'm saying modern was like 10 years ago. Right. But when they had Taker, they had the big mystery as to who who, uh, who destroyed Undertaker or whatever. And then Kane was trying to implicate Rey Mysterio and blah, blah, blah. That actually, to me, was really cool. You know, Taker comes back at that SummerSlam. I think yep. it's either oh nine or ten. I can't remember. Opens the casket and there's the other under- yeah, there. and and you know he he tells Ray, I know, I believe you, and blah blah. blah. But that was cool. But anyway,
1: um, can, I, can I can I tell you can I tell you my favorite, and then I'll be done with it. My favorite, um, pain, Taker moment. Sure. Well, actually, my second favorite. My 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 first favorite is in my my coolest moments, and it's when and 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 it was just Kane's character sucker and Undertaker, and the coolest moment Kane and Undertaker ever had, and the the greatest response that ever got from a crowd was when Kane was trying to sucker Undertaker's character in, and they saluted each other. On yep roll. yep. oh Yeah, and- that was fucking badass, and people pop for it. But my favorite is um, is WrestleMania 20, where Taker comes back and he's got Paul Bearer with him, and the fucking it's like raining in the arena. Nate, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And fucking Kane is like tapping the Undertaker, and he's like, "You're not real, you're not real," and he's like, yeah, "You're not real," and then fucking but- Taker grabs the arm and just starts. Fucking suit bone in him. It's fucking great.
3: And as as Nate was saying, that, you know, like the brother's destruction wasn't that great, but it's like that had to happen for right. King to sit there and turn on him and be like, you're not my fucking brother anymore. Yeah, right. Which, and that's fucking, like, go watch fucking that Survivor Series. I think it's 2003. Because not only do you see fucking Taker just beat the fuck out of Vince McMahon.
0: Mm hmm. Here's a spot where we can fast forward and we yeah. we're going to i'm going to get to that 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 survivor series thing Kyle i wasn't trying to to No uh, no you're fine to, but we're going to get there cuz i have that um i want to fast forward because i do not even really want to talk about the ministry of darkness garbage i hate 99 undertaker i hate 99wwf a lot of it but the 99 undertaker is a marginalized Overproduced, over it, it was weird. Garbage. It was just garbage. It
1: Mark was Calloway. Weird. Mark
0: it was B movie
1: bad. <clears throat> yeah. Mark Callaway's even gone on record of saying that he hated that. And mm-hmm. the reason he hated it was because he thought his character didn't need people to run in for him. Right.
0: And he's right. He's right, it, and and it, it was it was, and then, again, I don't want to harp on it. If you guys have anything to say on it, that's fine. But nope. I'd like to skip over it a little bit. It my, was just, it's the worst, man. My I only,
3: only. Go ahead, cop. I said that I think the only the only match really with Undertaker and Steve Austin that has any significance in '99 is that I think it's fully loaded. Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm. the first blood match, where if Vince le- if Taker loses, Vince leaves, and yeah. But of course, you know, if I could, Vince comes back three months later, but of right. course. Like <laughs> that's still the fucking like I think that's about the biggest like build to anything because God forbid it wasn't WrestleMania.
2: So
0: I'm glad I can could... hear right, I got my next question. Okay. Is that okay?
1: Yeah. No. All right. My, <laughs> my, my next ahead. question is I said favorite rival... And this is different. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite opponent of the Undertaker? And I want to say who mine is first. Go ahead, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yep. Shawn Michaels. Yep, I agree. There has been no human being on the face of the planet that knew exactly how to sell and work with Mark Calloway. Oh, what Shawn Michaels? <laughs>
3: Can yep. I? I'm going to be the. I'm going to be the odd man out here. Okay. I'm a huge fan, and we'll get to it. But I'm a huge fan of Randy Orton and Undertaker. Me too. Uh, me too. It's
2: it's passable,
0: but yeah, yeah I, I I agree with Archie and, and Aaron. Um, I mean, my favorite, my favorite, and it, it, it's hard for me a lot of times because, I mean, honestly, my two favorite matches ever have Michaels in them. Uh, the one is 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 Angle and Michaels Mania 21, and then. My favorite match ever is is Michaels and Taker at twenty five.
2: um but hey, can I? Yeah, I, I, that? I, I think
0: I, I think I think Shawn Michaels working with Undertaker was was the equivalent to. I don't even know how to put it like it, it's it's one of the great it, like Aaron it, it's one of the great rivalries it's one of the great not even rivalries opponent like guy versus guy
1: you know just uh, those do, two guys do you know why not only the reason the fact that Shawn Michaels is probably the second greatest in ring performer of all time but it's like these guys are the WWF
2: guys. right exactly
1: Exactly to me, like if you would if if you would say, hey, who when you speak of WWF, who do you think of? Think of Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, right? And, and then after that, Roddy Piper. Those are the five guys, and, See. And, and and these two guys fucking make music every goddamn time they're in the ring together. Yep, and and Shawn would sell ridiculous for other people, but he never insulted Undertaker in the ring. Nope. You can't say that about anybody else, Sean except maybe probably Triple H, can't say that about anybody else that Sean ever worked for. Sean, at his time, when he was, was on top. Prick in the, huh? When he was on top. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Sean was like a prick in the ring, but he was never a prick in the
2: ring for Taker. Because, well, you knew Taker would have kicked his ass if they got backstage. And plus, uh, he respects the shit out of him. Yeah,
1: and, and that's Sean. That's Undertaker's greatest opponent is Shawn Michaels.
2: Well, I, I likened uh, the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels rivalry and them being opponents because it happened so, you know, at sporadic times. Um, Shawn was Undertaker's macho man, the way Hulk Hogan had macho. And they would always seem to meet back up after a few years. And when there was nobody else to feud with, there was Hogan and Macho. In the same regard, Sean had Undertaker and Undertaker had Sean. When Austin and Rock were gone, the WWE had those two to stand on. Yeah. So.
1: And it's also, those two are involved in my favorite Undertaker entrance. And it's the Heaven and Hell.
2: Oh, entrance. I love that. That's Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is my my favorite segment between them is when Shawn Michaels comes out in all white as you know, as a white undertaker and it's pitch black and you think it's the Undertaker, The lights go on. There he is in the white coat and the hat. And it's just like the Shawn Michaels music goes on and everybody in the arena just pops.
1: Yeah, that heaven or hell, that heaven or hell fucking WrestleMania. Yep. Fucking beautiful.
0: And on that note, it's time to take a break, guys. Okay. No. We're going to take a break. (laughs) Okay. Archie's being petulant. And uh, when we return, we will have more of The Undertaker as he is going to become more human for us when we return. Here on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, Undertaker 30-year edition. We'll be right back after this.
2: Well, well, well. You can't wrestle. So what did you do You went out there and you started a podcast. You got that right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the We Can't Wrestle Podcast. And
3: I am Brian Pillman Jr. The We Can't Wrestle Podcast is a podcast about wrestling and a bunch of guys that don't know how to do it.
2: But I, Brian Pillman Jr., am very good at pro wrestling. So I don't need to start a podcast called the We Can't Wrestle Podcast, but I'll gladly Put my
3: name on the brand. I'll gladly go on the line to say that the We Can't Wrestle podcast is one of the most informative, most balanced, non-biased podcasts out there. Thank you very much, and have a good listen.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to the 30 years of the Undertaker edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. (laughs) They say, is that soup? (laughs) (laughs) The Motley soup. (laughs) Nice cheap plug, Nate. <laughs> uh, thank you. So now, again, like I was saying before, we went to break, and we were talking about a little bit Taker's ability to evolve his character with the times and what's going on in wrestling in the WWF. We reached the American badass stage of The Undertaker. Yes. Which, the first part of it is, it is what it is. But, buddy, you get into that heel American badass Undertaker. Oh, yeah.
1: And, and well, that rolls that rolls into my question. Okay. And if you guys don't want me to answer first, that's fine. The question is, what's your favorite version of the Undertaker?
2: I'm I'm partial to Dead Man Undertaker. It's just the way it is. I I'm purple I... or gray. What's that? Purple or gray? Great. Great.
0: Um, I'm partial to hybrid Undertaker. Okay. the the Deadman gimmick with the bare knuckle fighter
2: style. Okay.
3: Kyle, I'm a fan of the 2002 2003 Undertaker. Booger Red. That is,
1: that's on my list I, I not on my list that's my answer my My favorite version of The Undertaker is Big Eagle Booger Red god I love it
0: I, I'm I love not, the not short hair
2: fan. fucking shit ass the song Undertaker. alone is, is just cool you know what I mean you done it now it's like okay let's see where we're going like when he beats it, the fuck out
1: of Jeff Hardy. Oh, I was,
2: yeah. I
0: yeah, was about to say great. he did. He did some great shit for young talent during that yep. time, whether yep. they made it on their own or not. You know, I mean, the stuff he did with Maven was amazing.
2: Yeah, kicking Maven's he, ass all over concessions. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: but when when He's Maven, like Maven kicks him, no, I know, when, I was joking. I
2: was being joke. i joking. Him.
0: When Maven drop kicks him out of mm. that Rumble, he lands on his feet.
1: Yep, he looks Maven's jumping that up that ring. Down. He licks like, the back of his lip. You know, he, he just like. Like when you get like big eyed and shit, it's fucking great.
0: His feud oh. with, with Flair. His feud with oh, Flair yeah. going into WrestleMania 18. I mean, it's it's some of the realest looking shit they ever did in that company. When, when, like when Flair, he beats up
2: David. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When he beats the crap out of David. He's just sitting room.
0: against he's He's not even effort. I mean, it's effortless. He's sitting against that wall. He's hugging David. You know, it's not even like, like I don't even I don't even have to try to beat your stupid little pudgy son up. You know what I mean? Like he's just he's just being the biggest fucking. And God
2: bless David. David's had a wrestling school trying to train to be a (laughs) wrestler, but he's (laughs) a poor kid. (laughs) You you
0: you used to be hitting Stacy Keebler, and now
1: now you're getting hit by the tank. And, and, And you know what's like the coolest part about it? And this is where um, it kind of shits on Hogan a little bit. Like Flair talks about it, and he's like, "When Hogan tried to get heat on my on me, he whipped the shit on my kid and took liberties with him, mm-hmm. right? And beat his ass in the middle of the ring. But when Undertaker did it, when it was." Done, David called at it and said, Man, working with that guy was great. Didn't hurt me, didn't do nothing to me. Now I would- and when it was done, he said, Thank you. Good job, kid. I would like to say, before we skip over
0: it, because we, we went into this and, and that's great. The way that he became this undertaker. Yeah, is one of the um, coolest heel turns. Or Jim is Ross. one of the coolest. Yes, is one of the coolest Looking heel beautiful. turns in wrestling history. When he says, when he does the whole thing about kissing Vince's ass and blah blah blah, and then he looks at Jr. and he's like, "You calling me a kiss ass?" No,
1: no, no, no. It's not even exactly what he says. He says he looks at Jim Ross and he's like, "You gonna kiss his ass?" Jim Ross is like, "Hell no." Are you better than? Are you better than me? That's it. Right. Does that mean you're better than me? And Jim looks at him like with his little crooked face, and it's like, uh
3: oh.
0: It's so good. That that is one of the most well done segments in the history of Raw, my opinion. Um. But yeah, Booker Red Undertaker, and then eventually, you know, he moves into his feud with, and and we talked, we started alluding to it earlier, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Um he kind of goes baby face again, you know, he does the with the flag and all that and blah blah blah. Then he moves into that feud with Vince. And then he cracks Vince
1: <laughs> in his
0: head. The first minute. So Split, hard. Splits Let's it like that. That is is it me? Or is it's it crazy that the, that, pig, the guy, that the guy that at one point in his career was telling guys not to bleed on pay-per-view takes the most obvious hardway shot I've ever seen
1: mm-hmm. in my life? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it, it, Vince was telling people not to blade. Vince didn't bleed. Vince No. <laughs> <he didn't. laughs> Which you know, like like Undertaker became Tatanka for a minute because he scalped <laughs> that
3: motherfucker. <laughs> but you gotta say credit to him that he was willing to be like fucking like that, and Big Show getting punched by Floyd Mayweather, where it's just like fucking unload on me. Yeah, like right. God.
0: Ugh. <laughs> Undertaker he
1: just, hits. Him. He hits him with that. Is it, it? it? I hate the hard Huh. It's a ladder. No, it? it's a shovel. Yeah, sho- yeah, it's a shovel. He fucks
0: him it's up. It's a buried alive match at Survivor Series 03. Yeah, no, it's like right on, at the beginning on. of
1: it. It's like, boom, all
3: right. No, he hits him with his fucking fist. <laughs> well, doesn't he crack him with the shovel, though? Yeah, towards the end of the match. But like, what, what bus take or, or bus has is open is fucking he... Fucking, because Vince walks up and he's like, "Oh, there's a higher power. I believe, you know, like God's gonna protect me." And fucking mm-hmm. Baker just <laughs> pops that motherfucker. And as soon as he goes down, <laughs> I just fucking blood. It's like, holy shit.
0: Either way, <laughs> Vince bleeds like a fucking stuck pig, and uh, the the setup here is for. As we, we just discussed him coming into being a more realistic approach to his character. And this is where I become, like I said, the hybrid is my favorite Undertaker because he returns at WrestleMania 20 um, against his brother Kane. As, yeah, you're not
1: real you're not real yeah as but, the yes as the undertaker and the, but, and the biggest the biggest pop of that entire WrestleMania is, oh for oh, sure
4: well, because, yeah.
3: <laughs> we don't see we don't see undertaker we don't see, hear anything from him until Royal Rumble Kane's in the ring and the fucking clock counts down and then bong and fucking Kane's just like what the fuck
0: Rob Van Dam
3: yeah. Well, you said you said bong, so I. just... Uh, uh, <laughs> Bob Dang-Damn likes to smoke pot. <laughs> there <you go>. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Cal, for shitting on my joke. God damn
0: it! <laughs> you know what? I'll let you have a zinger once in a while. Yeah, right? there you go. It's all right. Heyo. Hey-o. <laughs> but um, like Aaron said earlier in the show, talking about Kane and Undertaker. That is a very cool moment where Kane yeah, like they made tapping it him. rain. He's they made it rain and he's like, you're, in not, arena. you're not real. You're not real. You're what? not real. And then fucking Undertaker starts unloading on him with them soup bones, man.
3: Well, hold on. Second, and, and, because... and Like I said, they made it rain in the building. That's fucking and cool, then, man. Well, and, and Paul Bearer, fucking, he walks up and he looks at Kane and he's like, my son, he's like, you're no son of mine and turns his back on him.
0: Well, let's be honest. At that point, he waddled up, but yeah. Yeah,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a man like chocolate cake.
2: Hey, I like chocolate cake too.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm
2: I'm, I waddle too, so don't.
0: Yeah, you know. Now this is as as we as we move past WrestleMania twenty. Um. Yeah, there's stuff going on with Taker and blah 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 with the Dudleys and it's all very convoluted and it, it was almost a time with Undertaker booking the Undertaker where it seemed like Paul Bear or Paul Bear Paul Heyman was trying to appeal to Vince McMahon with some yeah that that fucking like the Dudley's thing
1: Dudley's when, Undertaker when, when Hayman, when burying when, Hayman, when all, Heyman when Heyman when Heyman
0: when Heyman started calling the Dudleys the Dudley and, they and all that buried
2: fucking yeah, that was fucking weird. Yeah, but but the best thing that came out of that match was seeing The Undertaker pull the arm of the cement truck and killing Paul, ha- Paul Bearer for the 20th time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was, it was like, all after this, bad.
1: After this, Paul got murdered like 17 times. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the best one, by what? the way... The best one, by the way, is when Edge dropped him down the, in the fucking sewer. I, I
2: liked, funny. I liked when Kane pulled him out of the freezer, but that, I, yeah, I liked when he got put in the freezer.
0: <laughs> oh, I love, I love the fucking manhole shit, man. That was funny.
1: But anyway, well, he got manholed twice. Yep. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and I said it that way by, to see if by, anybody would react. He liked it by so Bert Prentice he likes no. so much the first hey. time he acts for seconds.
0: Hey, you, you Archie was getting too many deep cuts here, so I had to go with the Burt Prentice reference.
1: I know, but I liked, I, I wanted to see if anybody picked up on He got manholed twice. <laughs> I, got, Kane, oh, I got No! Oh, no. And Kane, Kane and Steve Austin manholed him. <laughs> Together or apart. Remember? <laughs> mm-hmm. At the same time? Yep. Damn. They whoop. DP'd that manhole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. Undertaker, 30 years. Yep. Oh, whoop.
1: <laughs> they DP'd that manhole.
0: <laughs> but anyway, now to what Kyle was alluding to earlier and trying to get into. That one manhole. Of Taker, one, one, of, one of Taker's greatest rivals. You know, we talked about Michaels. We've talked about Kane. We talked about Mankind. You gotta talk about Randy Orton.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What
0: a feud! I'm what a rivalry! You, I'm begging you, I'm man! Begging you, man, that's my son! I'm begging you, man! Bob Orton, the
1: fucking Orton I mean, ripping or Bob ripping the fucking fake face off. And shit! Good son. Uh, Undertaker. Didn't, didn't who did? Orton.
0: Who did? Okay, guys, who did more for Orton early in his career? Undertaker Foley. or Foley? Foley. Foley.
2: Foley, damn. <laughs> in my opinion, under, I, Orton was just another name on the on the street. See,
0: I disagree with that. I will agree with the Foley thing, but I think Undertaker I'm sold, not dis-
1: for, I'm sold not dis- for
0: Orton and put over Orton more than he did most of the guys of Orton's generation.
1: I you ask the question. You ask the question of which one or the other. I'm not discounting what Undertaker did, but fully put, fully put Orton over way more than the Undertaker did. I hate Randy Orton. I With don't understand that, Archie.
0: We're not going to get into it. He's these boring
1: here, as about, fuck.
0: Oh my god, I love Randy Orton. He's boring. We're going to have to do a Nate and Archie debate. Again. Randy Orton episode, yeah. Oh, Aaron, nobody can see yeah, this. Yeah, I
2: don't. You know, you, you, okay. <laughs> I, I he's showing me. That's that's great. They did not need to make a figure just to give him a cast. Okay, that was that Randy or Randall Orton Jr. News. That was the shittest. Damn, boring. Worst <laughs> member of evolution. Worst member of evolution. <laughs> Shit, damn. Goddamn boring. <laughs> making me have a seizure on the podcast. This fucking dude's got Tourette's.
0: <laughs> Randy Orton gives Archie a stroke on the Weekend Wrestle podcast. Yeah,
2: the best thing, the best Breaking thing about the Orton popcorn, was a chicken everything. shelf. <laughs> the best thing that happened to Randy Orton was joining Edge and making Rated RKO. That was the only time he was even remotely entertaining. Ah, uh, all right, back oh, on the end we, we've we delved into this,
1: this. Don't you sub? dare
0: get me off topic, Archie. Mitchell. We we delved I, into subculture. Listen, listen, listen,
2: I we, love
3: you. We've delved into the sub shot sub. I think we found our
2: uh, our topic for the next show. <laughs> I I love you and all your Kenny Omega hate. You can love me and all my Randy Orton hate.
0: You're absolutely
2: I, right. I, one I, one just love, saying, love I'm,
0: Archie. I'm just saying, I love you, we, brother, love you. Too. I'm
2: just saying we dubbed into the sub
1: the subcategory that I didn't know how much fucking Archie hated goddamn Randy Orton. I can't stand him. <laughs> right. When he beat
2: when he beat Drew McIntyre recently, I went shit. <laughs> it's the age of Orton again. There's a meme right now out that says. When Randy Orton just finally says that he's a legend and that it's Randy Orton behind Randy Orton about the RKO himself, I'm waiting to see that happen on SmackDown.
0: And in the and, age of COVID wrestling, it could possibly happen, right?
3: Hey, I'm saying right. we're gonna see, we're gonna see Andre the Giant fight. Uh,
0: Somebody, uh, are
4: uh, uh, you it it, it Right now, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kyle, you're too far away from your microphone. Be professional, goddammit. it! <laughs>
3: Sorry, uh, something goes, damn it! You like that,
1: uh, <laughs> you raced up like the under faker.
3: <laughs> but we're gonna see, we're gonna see if, like, an Andre the Giant fights somebody at WrestleMania this year.
2: It's going to ask be hard, my last question. I sure I sure hope it's Randy Orton. <laughs> can I, can I ask my last question. <laughs> sure? Sure. It's about
1: The Undertaker.
3: No. Oh, it I hope so. I thought we were talking yeah. about Randy Orton. No. 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 This
1: shit's going off the rails. It always goes. It's just about The Undertaker and I'm going to say my answer first because y'all are gonna going to get something crazy. Um Favorite match of the Undertaker's career. This is my favorite match of the Undertaker's career, and it's his match versus Brock Lesnar at No Mercy two thousand two, Hell in the Cell. Good match. It's a fucking It's a fantastic match. It's it's a
2: it's a good match. I I I like it.
1: Fucking great bell to bell. Everything about it is fantastic everybody bleeds and it's my favorite it's not only my favorite Hell in a Cell match it's my favorite Black Brock Lesnar match and it's my favorite Undertaker match Undertaker in, are in my top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time this fucking match is perfect bell to bell fantastic fucking fantastic what about you Kyle
3: I'm going to have to go with Taker and Shawn
0: which one? Which, Which one? The
3: ending of twenty-five. Me too. Although I like the ending of twenty-six better, when the, the, John is is clawing up and Taker's like, "Fuck, I don't want to do this."
0: Twenty like- twenty-five is a better match, right? Twenty-six is a better spectacle and story. Like, if I could, if I could, be so bold. As to say the WrestleMania 25 match is Savage and Steamboat. Right. And the 26 match is Hogan and Andre. One wow. is a better match, one is a better spectacle. Yep. But Aaron, yeah. I mean, your poll is great too. I mean, that's a fantastic match. A fantastic match. That that Lesnar Undertaker match. That's my second favorite Hell in a Cell match. It's the best Hell in a Cell match. <clears throat> Retract oh, yeah.
1: yourself
2: and agree. I uh I like his match <laughs> I will not. I like his match with Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Um Archie's no, fired. No. God I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Archie <laughs> Archie, you
0: and you and Zelina will now be on the bread line together. Good. Maybe I could actually get
2: something from <laughs> Archie's like time. I got that hot wheat bread, baby. Yeah. Got that got that honey wheat bread from Subway. Come on. Not making mats anymore.
0: <laughs> Can I tell you something. This shit's a loaf. I gotta slice it. <laughs> they
2: don't have the fucking.
3: They don't have the uh what the Monterey Cheddar fucking bread sub anymore. That pisses me off.
2: Fucking COVID. <laughs> you go back to bed, Kyle. Uh, no, I, huh? I, I have to agree with I have to agree with Kyle and, and Nate. Uh, WrestleMania twenty five. Um, Undertaker and Sean. Uh, help me once again become a fan because Mm. at that point in time before then, I was just watching and I was just like, okay, it's wrestling. It's on great. But then that story leading up to it and everything that they were doing and then what they did in that match undertaker flying over the top rope and killing the cameraman who didn't catch him correctly. it it, Domino. Sim snooker. it? Snooker It was Sim snooker. Was it Domino, Domino or Deuce? It was Domino.
3: You were talking get, about a great build-up from 25 to 26 with Sean. Oh, and God. It was well, a one-year. Hold on. Yeah. Hold
0: on. To move along, this moves the story along a little bit. This is a three-year story yep. that is told because, again, we have to start here. 2007, the Royal Rumble. Yep. The final two guys Undertaker! are Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Well, that's 08, Aaron.
1: I know, but, but it was fun.
0: But is there a finer finish to a Royal Rumble match? What
2: did they go, like 10 extra minutes, just the oh, two of them in the ring? It's, it,
0: the two best endings to a non-singles or tag team match, in my opinion, ever, are Shawn and Taker at the Royal Rumble in 07, And Bret Hart and Ted DiBiase at the Survivor Series in 1990. Yep. I agree with you on that. Um, These two multi-man matches divulge into amazing one-on-one singles matches. Yep. Taker and Shawn started the base for what would be three years of an epic story told. Yep. When people tell you the WWE can't tell stories and blah, 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 eh, fuck them. Well, no, no, hang on. Like
3: until, wasn't, wasn't until, so about,
0: until about
2: eight years ago or so. Right. They were telling stories just fine.
0: Uh, not just fine. Better than anybody oh, yeah. in business telling a story.
2: story. And it wasn't
3: even a three-year story. It's a five-year story because it plays into Well, Triple yeah, H into H Triple H, H,
2: yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. All okay. Right, Sean wins the uh, Taker wins the Royal Rumble, and then the following year at the Royal Rumble, number one and number two are Sean and Taker again. And when
0: my and like Aaron was alluding to earlier, when Michael Buffer at 08 at the Royal Rumble introduces Undertaker, Undertaker's music starts, and Michael <laughs> Buffer just he goes, goes "Boom!" Undertaker. <laughs> 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 he just says it. Yeah, he screams it. <laughs>
1: So long, you guys went a long way to get there, but I'm right that Good. it's Brock Lesnar and Undertaker at No Mercy 2002. But we knew that going
2: into this, so it's like not a big deal. I mean,
1: yeah, so you guys just put a little breath heat out there for nothing. Oh well, okay. <laughs> you hear ourselves <laughs> talk. <laughs> so anyway, I, I have one. I, Breathy is what I say when people are like talking too much. So now take nothing. Your, take no, I, I, I have I have a question. Okay. I thought you said you were done. No, I have one more
3: question, and then one more after that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to
1: laying down or doing whatever you were doing with your ghost game. Um, <clears throat> I I have a guy on my list. Not on my list, but, but just somebody that I thought could have had a really really cool feud with the Undertaker that he never feuded with, and that I don't know if I've ever seen him have a match with. Gene Snitsky. And I thought would have been awesome. And you know who it is? Gene Snitsky. No, not Gene Snitsky. <laughs> I think no. Nate, do you want to fucking give some stupid-ass answer, to? (laughs) No. (laughs) Nate's answer is the Red Rooster. Okay. I think that, and I actually put some thought into this, bitches. I think that The Undertaker versus Bam Bam Bigelow would have been a fucking amazing feud. How would we have gotten there, though? I don't know. I'm just giving a fucking... You figure it out. Like, I'm like bam, Steve Jobs. Bam bam,
0: bam bam comes in and is like, Jersey boy got your urn, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so so this would have been
2: happening when everybody was was grabbing the Undertaker's urn, I understand. Well, that, well he but is. You he is from, figure
1: it out. I'm like Steve is, Jobs.
2: I'm like, hey,
1: put all my shit in this little device. Figure it out. He is from Asbury like, as Park. <laughs> you know, Aaron, you really they are.
0: They can have man. the Asbury
2: Park <laughs> brawl. Nate had too much. Nate had too much fun with that pun just now. He did. Really He's had too much beer. You really, really are a supervisor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm delegating this shit out. Get me an Undertaker Bam Bam feud. I just well,
2: did. One of them is dead.
1: I just did. And of them no, are
2: dead. <laughs> Both of them are dead, technically, Archie. Well, no, it's not the it's not the obvious answer. Undertaker <laughs> is not the dead one in this scenario.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, so he is.
1: So now we're gonna move He's on dead. to. Come on, guys! You're gonna tell me that fucking Bam Bam Bigelow and Undertaker wouldn't be a cool feud?
2: Jesus. Nobody said that. Yeah, no one said that. I asked, "How would we get there?" And I answered
1: by horse
3: horseback. <laughs> by horse cue the Aaron crumpling up his list in 3 2 1 <laughs> <run. laughs>
2: I wonder if the fans at home were able to hear that
0: one of Taker's last great rivalries and one of his best rivalries was with Edge yep. yes. yeah we got to watch yes. that shit let me, let me tell you guys, my favorite Hell in a Cell match, and it is probably because I was there, and Aaron was there with me. Indianapolis, Indiana, 2008. Aaron and I were at, at SummerSlam, live and in person, for the Undertaker Edge Hell in a Cell match, where they not only busted out one side of the cell, As we're screaming, and and yay, and blah, blah, blah for Undertaker, who knew, all of a sudden, flames shoot up from the fucking ring. (laughs) And, I mean, but not just that match, but the entire feud was, to me, one of Taker's last great rivalries. And that's speaking not only a testament to Taker, but also to Edge. As Edge and Cena... Edge, Cena, and Orton, to me, and to a certain small extent, Drew McIntyre, are the last great old school workers of all time. And there it ends. But um, anything on
2: Edge and Taker, guys? I think that they both brought the best out in each other, in my opinion.
1: The only reason I put that up fucking Hell and Cell match on my list as my favorite one is because they were like a bunch of fat in the way. I didn't watch it.
4: Sorry.
1: Sure. <laughs> okay. Like, no, guys, this is how cool the Undertaker is. Like Nate and I were watching this entire show, and this is what was on the show. Like, this is the same. If you guys don't remember the SummerSlam, he's talking about. This is the one where they did the um, jericho Shawn Michaels back-and-forth promo where Jericho went to punch Sean and Sean ducked, and Sean oh, hit, Shawn it hit such, Rebecca. It was yep. such
0: an amazing show to be live at.
1: Yeah, it, it was a great show. And this is how much the WWE knows how popular The Undertaker is. We're watching this entire show. Okay, we're watching it. We're watching it, and and fans are being fans and doing their thing. And there's Conseco Fieldhouse security out in the crowd, but the right before the main event, all of a sudden they like doubled up on WWF guys or WWE (laughs) guys. Like, they sent even more security out there because they knew these people were going to lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Am I lying, Nate? No. And during the entire match, people were like, get off. Like, security was like, get off your chair. Get off your chair. And nobody was <laughs> People were losing their fucking minds when the Undertaker came out. And it was cool as shit because we were like six. I like six rows away from the ring, which actually put us like four rows of like in front of the fucking um entrance. And when Taker came out and they shot the flames up I, and shit. I have never felt more I I had I had never fanned out as a fan or marked out more as a fan than when fucking Undertaker made his goddamn Undertaker entrance. It was the coolest goddamn thing I'd ever seen in my life. However,
0: what I will say, just to be a pessimist, for those of you who have... When COVID lets up, if we're allowed to go to live wrestling shows again, and I'm not talking about an independent show, I'm talking about a major show like in WWE or an AEW, guys, ladies... And I don't know, Archie, if you agree, or Kyle, if you agree. Don't ever get fucking floor seats, man. That shit is overrated. Unless you're in the front row on the floor, it's miserable. It was. It it wasn't miserable until Undertaker came out. I'm I'm just saying, like, you you constantly have some asshat standing up, or he's got his fucking... I have kids, and I probably would have done the same thing, and whatever, but... Some douchebag's got his kid on his shoulder or whatever, and you can't see. And I'm not <laughs> – I guess I'm being a prick right now. But I'm just saying, don't get
2: floor seats. Get, like, right up off I, um, floor seats. I learned my lesson. I was front row for an indie event and uh, was me and my son. He was eight at the time, Nate. Mm-hmm. And Brody Lee landed on our lap. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, he was in a uh, Falls Count Anywhere match with Homicide. And Homicide pushed him off the top rope, and legitimately, Brody Lee's beard was on my son's leg. And we, you know, I helped him up, whatever, he got back in the Mm -hmm. ring, and my son just looked at me and like, Dad, can we go home? And I'm like, yes, we can. (laughs) And I literally got up and watched the rest of the match from the door. I didn't want (laughs) to stay in the front row anymore. (laughs) Um So I don't, you know...
1: I'll, I'll just say this: well, I agree with Nate with talking about floor seats are a pain in the ass because, like, I've never understood why if you're in, you spent like, like, however much money you spent to sit in the front row and you're going to stand up. I don't understand that, but it was pretty fucking cool. Oh no, it, yeah, I'm not taking the under- coming out. I'm not well, taking like, away from
3: that at all. I like I was, I
1: I won't bitch about the money we spent on that Survivor, or in that SummerSlam fucking show, because we got to we we can at least say we were on the floor and we were right next to fucking Undertaker coming out. That shit was cool. Go ahead. No,
3: <laughs> when the fire when the flames came up or when he came out, how hot
2: was it? God it was damn! Did you feel <laughs> the heat, baby? Yeah. I, was in, I was in a nosebleed that for WrestleMania does. 29 and witnessed his entrance, and my face nearly burned off because the flames were at the well, ultimate life sign. The
1: only, the only time I could... It, 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 it,
2: it wasn't hotter than what those people
1: went through in Orlando.
3: Now, hang <laughs> yeah, on. It is pretty hot. <laughs> I want to say, can you imagine, because we're going to talk, I want to talk real quick about the time the Undertaker got set on fucking oh, fire damn, yeah. on his way to the <laughs> Elimination Chamber.
1: And finish his match. Yes.
3: Good God. Can you imagine?
2: Do we lose Major's everybody? No, we're here. We're okay. Here. We're, we're asking. You said, can you imagine? No, because is you thing?
3: imagine being set on fucking fire. And not just like, a, oh, here it is, but like in your fucking face. Then have to go to the ring and wait in a fucking pod, right? To come wrestle your match.
0: Like, hey, we just burnt your face. Will you step into this plastic oven?
3: <laughs> yeah, like, oh. So Talked we
0: tough. we discussed earlier a little bit about how this journey for Undertaker goes through Triple H, and you know that is what it is. Speaks for itself. I want to bring up another Undertaker memory. And I brought it up on the show before, but since we're doing a show about The Undertaker, I want to talk about it. And Aaron was there. The Undertaker feud with CM Punk happened to coincide with the passing of Paul Mm Bearer. And not only that, but during this time in 2013, it holds a special place for me Because this was the first live pro wrestling event I ever took my wife to. Okay. And she was, when we started dating, when I was introducing her to wrestling, I was like, um, all right, how do I introduce this girl to pro wrestling? I mean, what better character to introduce her to than the undertaker? So, you know, I got out my undertaker, whatever, compilation DVD or whatever and that was how I introduced Kendall to wrestling. So immediately, obviously, she's an Undertaker and Kane fan. So the the first wrestling show I got to take her to live was Raw and it was The Raw in 2013 after Paul Bearer died. So ironically... God rest his soul. Paul Bearer gave me a gift and gave her a gift because that was a super. And Aaron was there with me. That was a super heavy, rare at that time, by the way. Undertaker and Kane, Monday Night Raw, very awesome event to be to, very awesome for a personal reason and a and a you know a fan reason. And we got to watch Undertaker come
1: out. After it went off the air and do the, uh, like do the tribute, hit, yeah, hit the one knee to the William Moody, whatever to whatever rest in peace thing, fucking cool. And uh, of course, take
0: her and put their match at WrestleMania 29, which is really good. And now we get to the point where I think, I think, if you were going to do it. It should have been it, and I, I respect the Undertaker, and I respect Vince McMahon, and I respect Brock Lesnar. They gave the straight to Brock, but they didn't end the Undertaker's career. And guys, I want to ask this, and 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 this is my final, this is my final question for the show. You guys can elaborate on any other questions you have, or any other history of the Undertaker you have. And there's been things since, but to me, it really stopped at WrestleMania 30. Because after you've ended the streak, what 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 more is there you can do? And they have done other things. I understand that. No, the WrestleMania 30 should have been the end of the episode. Yes, it, it it should have been because after that it's
2: just he, God, you, you bury Bray Wyatt to him, which if you were going to let Brock beat him, then he shouldn't have been beating and, anybody and, at and, WrestleMania anymore. And, and then and Roman. You guys... Oh, sorry. You know, no. i You go ahead, Aaron. I'm just saying. You 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 let guys like Brock and Roman beat him, but not a guy like Bray Wyatt who could have used it. And just what I was up.
1: gonna. What I was going to say was you guys were talking about, like, oh, now this thing's going to move into a WrestleMania thing. Like, I think when Taker lost to Brock, they should have just been like, oh, Taker's done now. Cool. And that's the way you're supposed to go out no matter who you are in professional wrestling. You go out by being pinned and you're done. If they're going to bring him back for Survivor Series, I don't want him back at fucking WrestleMania. Bring him back at right, Survivor right. Series. And I i put this in my notes and you guys are going to be like, oh, fuck off. Whatever. Bring him back at Survivor Series in the black hat, the gray tie, the gray gloves. Let Bruce bring him out. Let him win. I know I said the guy should go out. But let him win, let him walk off, and then be done with it. I don't want to see The Undertaker. I didn't even want to see The Undertaker in the Survivor Series thing. But let Somebody, this the end of it. Somebody,
0: anybody, give me a show that jumped the shark. <clears throat> Uh, a show that jumped the shark? Yeah, like give me a show that was really, really fucking good, and it just
3: it just jumped the shark. WrestleMania Seventeen. <laughs>
0: Not wrestling, Kyle. <laughs> no,
2: that's why I was hesitant to attempt the answer. I no, joking. no, I'm sorry. Show that, <laughs> the a
1: show that jumped the shark. The West Wing. Okay. Family Guy.
2: Wow, Kyle. I was going to say The Simpsons.
1: <laughs> well, at WrestleMania
2: the thirty, West, the
1: West Wing jumped the shark. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, Aaron, you're right. The West Wing jumped the shark when they started doing the Jimmy Smiths, yeah, run, running for president stuff. But essentially, any show that you can think of that jumped the shark but still kept going another three, four, five seasons, cheers, cheers. Once Ted Danson and Shelley Long hooked up, Cheers jumped the shark, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because then they so brought that fatty in there. Anything,
0: anything past WrestleMania Thirty for the Undertaker is Undertaker's Kirstie Alley. Like it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's not that it's not good. Oh God, they... <laughs> No, seriously though, and I'm not being disrespectful, but it's not that it's not good. I <laughs> like but the fact that they the picked same. up my
1: Christy Alley comment.
2: It's not the same. Here, 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 like, does that make sense? Like, am I so am I off I, base? I, I, no, I get it. I get exactly what you mean. Ever since WrestleMania
3: 30, wrestling has not been able to rebound because... Oh, that's... For us guys, I know that. I know that. I know it's absolutely. Like, it, I think, like
0: when they, I think like for when us they, guys, this that is when wrestling really met its plateau. See, and it's interesting. It's
1: it's like when they tried to bring seven into fucking um, uh, married with, married with, with children. children. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
3: it it's doesn't like work. With, with WrestleMania seventeen, when Austin shook Vince's hand, people mm-hmm. were like, "Well, that's fucking it. I'm done." And this was the second one where once once Taker got beat, people were like, "Well, that's fucking it." Because you have nothing else anymore, you know? Like, yeah, we had Daniel Brian win, but, like, that was not very long for the world. and
4: Mm -hmm.
3: You know, um, the casual fan
2: isn't going to come back. I I was okay with him. I mean, I wasn't okay with him losing, but after a little while and the shock wearing off, I was like, okay, it's Brock Lesnar. Watching the... um, five-part miniseries for him on the network and where he explains that the reason he hasn't retired yet is because he's waiting for that moment to ride off into the sunset. I think had WrestleMania 30 gone better, and what I mean by that is immediately after their match was over, reports went out that The Undertaker had to be taken away in an ambulance. Had they not let those reports get out and made him look weak, like Brock actually hurt him, I don't I don't think he would have had a problem retiring after that. In the same regard his match with Goldberg in Saudi Arabia was trash. His match with Triple H and and Shawn Michaels, with Kane was trash in Saudi Arabia. Whenever he thought he found his defining moment to finally end his career, like Shawn Michaels had his defining moment against The Undertaker, he didn't have to come out of retirement if he didn't want to. And you know what? You know Archie? Yeah. He never did for me because I never watched that match. I think Nate no, got- no, I I, I agree what you're saying. I did, I just it, you know. Flair had his defining moment when HBK goes, "I love you," I'm sorry. That was the end of Flair. All these guys are waiting for that one moment, except for Hulk Hogan. He's always in the moment. Um, but it just the Undertaker always. If Vince McMahon calls him, he said it on on that. Show on that miniseries and during the Broken Skull Ranch and you know other shows. If Vince calls him and says I need you, he feels it's time to suit up and to go to work.
3: I think mm-hmm. that you're going to see at least two more matches for Undertaker. I agree. I think you'll see him probably at Survivor Series, but I think you're, and he may not be a WrestleMania. But I think that they will have him whenever there's a live crowd allowed back. I think they want to give that to him. They had to go out in front of a crowd. Mm -hmm. I agree. So
0: I want to ask you guys guys a question. Okay. To wrap up 30 years of Undertaker, which this has been a great show. Thank you. You guys have been on point tonight. But to wrap up 30 years of Undertaker, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I want to go around the horn and I want to know if he is going to do one last match at WrestleMania, because, I mean, we've obviously, I've stated my opinion that at WrestleMania 30, when he lost to Brock, that should have been. Different. I agree. However, we have to deal with the reality. As a fan, if, if, if Survivor Series is setting up him to have a final match at Mania, which I'm okay with, whatever it is what it is. Who do you guys think it should be against? And I'll start with Kyle.
3: <clears throat> in in all honesty. He has to lose, by the way.
0: Because you have to go out on your back.
3: I I think the only guy as of right now that could have the match that Undertaker deserves is AJ Styles because you're going to need somebody, and I I understand The Fiend and and everything else. In a perfect world, if Taker was older or younger, then maybe you can make a case for for The Fiend. But the problem is that you're going to need somebody who's like Sean was that can work around The Undertaker. And I think the only person I can see right now on that roster is, is AJ Styles that could really... Hide
2: taker's weaknesses, Archie. Selfishly, I wanted to be the fiend because after WrestleMania 30, the Undertaker beat Bray Wyatt soundly. You guys fucking see me? Yes. We could calm man. down. Why are you so mad, man?
1: I was like lost for a second. Sorry. Oh did no! you hear got lost voice in, voice in voice? the
2: matrix? Was that
1: Aaron? Did you hear my call?
2: Yeah. Okay. So selfishly, I'd like it to be the Fiend because at WrestleMania 31, he soundly beat Bray Wyatt, and I'd like him to give Bray a boost up and and help the character if he's going to have to lose. If he's allowed to win, then um, I'd I'd like it to, you know, yeah. I guess I'd have to want to see it be someone like AJ Styles again because AJ doesn't lose anything. Or maybe a another monster, maybe a Lars Sullivan or a Braun Strowman, you know.
0: Aaron, who do you think if Taker's going to do Mania this year and we can have our disagreements about whether it's good or a terrible idea or whatever. Yeah. But if that's if that's the goal, like
1: Who should he be you're telling me whether you're 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 the boss and I told you that Survivor series should be the end of it, but okay, whatever. I wanna do my swan song
0: at WrestleMania for this. Okay. Guy. And I want it to be the best it can be.
1: Who is he gonna work and lose to? Yep. Uh Drew McIntyre. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice at all. I and
0: mean, anybody r- who listens to the show knows that I think Drew's the future of the business.
1: And the reason I, I would, the, could I take, say my reason? Yeah. Um, my reason would be he, um, like, how do I want to say it? Looks the part would probably be the guy you have in your company that's the biggest star that wouldn't look like a fucking midget in the goddamn ring with him mm-hmm. the only guy that wouldn't that, that's like that wouldn't look like a fucking midget in the ring with him that I could even compare him to would be that um Damian Priest guy and I fucking hate him I I, I don't like Damian Priest I, I just think that Drew Would have the best program with the guy. Would be able to cut the better promos on him. And it would be the most believable thing. Like, of all the people on your goddamn roster, if you're telling me I have the WWE right now, who would stack up with the Undertaker? Drew McIntyre. All great choices. And mine is going to
0: be shit upon, I'm pretty sure. And that's fine. I want your opinions. I think, and this goes against a lot of things that I say about wrestling, but this is, a, to me, a different situation. Normally, when a legend is, is fading away and, and it's time for him to go, he passes the torch and et cetera, et cetera, but, and I go back to WrestleMania 30, being honest, guys, Taker already passed the torch. To Lesnar, okay, and just hear me out. It's a unique situation. He already passed the torch to Brock Lesnar when he gave up the streak. No, (laughs) he already passed the torch to Lesnar when he gave up the streak. And and like I said, after that, to me, it kind of jumped the shark and et cetera, et cetera. But if I'm the Booker of this company, the way it's been booked the stories that have been told, I'm taking everything existing in a notebook and looking at it. At WrestleMania, what is this, 37? Mm -hmm. At WrestleMania 37 in April, the Undertaker loses one, two, three in the middle of the ring, hangs it all up, and the guy that beats him is John Cena. Because, can't see it. Can't. He's lost because it. It, it. Because, because, because. Money talks. Because. What is the story that has never been defined with these guys? They have teased this and teased this, and they did that thing where Taker came out. What was it? WrestleMania thirty something or other.
2: Three, I think.
0: And they did the little four-minute thing or whatever, but they have teased this and teased this and it has been anticipated, and anticipated. And I think that again, because I said Taker already passed the torch, he. It, this is unconventional. This is this is something that that is out of the norm from a dramatic standpoint, which this character is the most endearing dramatic character in wrestling history he has to lose to john cena in a real match at wrestlemania to end it
1: but john cena because, Cena's, because john, love
0: him or hate him cena is the biggest star of his
1: generation but john cena right now is stuck in a five dimensional plateau 'Cause he lost that match to Bray Wyatt that was crazy as fuck and he's never come back. But Cena but <laughs> Cena I know yeah. Just fucking with you. I know, I know, but does does
0: anybody does any well, does anybody uh, want to either agree with me or see what I'm saying or shit on what I'm he,
2: saying? He'd be, he'd, be <laughs> the second, he'd be the second best choice. I don't want to shit on what you're saying. I would I would never do that. Um and but I just the reason I respectfully disagree is because I don't know how they would get there. And and what I mean by that is, okay, the Undertaker comes out at Survivor Series. He says his goodbyes. You would almost have to have Cena come out and and be disrespectful. Yes. Yes.
0: No, and that's how you get there. Okay. That's how you You get there, Archie. Is there any better better John Cena?
1: You You put that wrinkle on it and let Cena roast him. What? Yeah,
0: is there any better John well, Cena I mean, than a
2: heel John Cena? Right, because it would make sense because The Fiend changes people, so now you have that instance of it's it's John, it's John the Doctor of Thuganomics, John Cena. Okay, like, great. <coughs> you know, John, but, John,
1: John, when he would rap and just be John, is fantastic.
2: No, I, I'm not shitting on the Cena character. Even if he came back as a face, that wouldn't be a problem either. It's just I think fans would... It's, like you, you, you said that it has to be someone who can carry the Undertaker to a good match, and I'm not saying Cena wouldn't be able to, but I just think there might be a botch or two that would make the match look sloppy and not give them the fair, give him the farewell he deserves. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sure. Drew would be able to carry him to a cleaner, better match, or even a Roman Reigns, which Roman beat him already at WrestleMania mania, but it would make sense for Roman to walk out during that ceremony when the Undertaker says goodbyes and said, say, remember, I said this is my yard now. And and, and be see, disrespectful. Honestly, know.
1: Nate, honestly, Nate, the only, one of the only reasons I didn't bring up Cena was because I was thinking you were telling me hey, these are the guys that I have on my roster and John Hill on the roster. You know what I mean? Yeah, but
0: uh, I mean, even though he's not on the roster, he still is. He's kind of. Like
1: I, I know, but I he's was just like going Rock, with. I know. was just going. I was just going.
0: If with, we're talking like, a WrestleMania payday. He's on the roster. I,
1: know, I was just going <laughs> oh, with the no, current guys I, I, you I were understand. talking about. I understand. Well, um, right. if you're gonna have if you're gonna have Cena take or let Hogan referee it, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well,
2: I mean, in, to to I guess hammer. Fucking Pedro's on. the
1: ring bail guy.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, they're talking about Rock Roman, so Taker and and Cena would not be a bad idea. But if you're going to give us those two matches, then you might as well give us Austin and Hogan, and and let us you know,
0: <laughs> let us watch them hobble around.
2: You know, what I, I mean, just let us see the three matches we've been wanting then. I think, problem, run, <laughs> <the> problem, <laughs> oh I think the
3: problem. The problem. Figure out who
2: hit their wife harder. Oh God!
3: The problem we're going to run into <laughs> is it all is going to depend on what happens with COVID. Because if they can be in that fucking huge stadium and they even have a chance of breaking the attendance record, then yeah, they're going to throw all the stops in. But <laughs> the way things are looking right now, I don't see that happening. <laughs>
0: The main event of WrestleMania is Rey Mysterio and Murphy.
1: Oh God! You, you can edit out that
2: life <laughs> joke, please. But, yeah, but, wait, I'm not gonna. But, but, but wait, hold hold on. Wait a minute, though. Why wouldn't Dominic get a WrestleMania moment too? Mm. For going with Rey Mysterio and Murphy. <laughs> I was watching. I watched that John Smackdown Cena makeup was shit coming out. I watched SmackDown in a record-setting 22 minutes this week. I DVD, Archie's I, on I, my level at this I fast-forwarded through Just like percent of it. I only watched the main event, and when it got time to listen to the Rey Mysterio talk and the Rey Mysterio-Seth okay. Rollins match, I went by. Okay. I didn't even care who won.
0: You know what's funny?
1: What? Midgets running? The speed of pro wrestling? Yeah.
0: Maybe it's not.
2: I like midgets running.
0: There was a time where AEW's show was like 44 minutes for me because of MJF. But now that he's involved in that fucking clown show with Jericho, um, now AEW really for me is just uh, Cody Rhodes, John Moxley, and uh, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. And then I'm out.
2: And And <laughs> Kingston was a little weird this week. I love Eddie, but... That promo was like, geez, what are you talking about?
0: Yeah, it was a little rambly. You
2: know, and he I, said, get, the, I want the my NWA back.
0: This yeah, is my best too. friend.
2: This is my best friend. Okay, we get it. You and Pentagon are best friends. Okay. <laughs> like I I,
1: I, I, I don't give a shit what Brian Last says. Like he was talking about how hokey the NWA was. The NWA, the NWA, NWA. No, cool.
2: no. The, the NWA, NWA was everything. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know and, if you guys are and, watching and, the United Wrestling. Uh, that that thing that NWA has actually been a part of on on Fight TV, yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I watched least... a little bit of it. It's <laughs> it, it's watchable. It's watchable. It's at least if you want to see Nick Aldis and and the guys that were in NWA yeah. actually still wrestle, you know.
1: My my problem, and I don't want to knock it, and because I I watch ROH too, but
2: it's really hard to watch wrestling out the crowd. It, 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 it really is. Is. it really is it, it gets it, it when you just see pitch black it's like okay um, it,
1: it's it's a little rough and the piped rush, in
2: the pipe, piped in noise is weird you know with the booze and the and, cheers and, and that's you know what, what, what i respect
1: about ROH is they didn't do
2: that you know what right. i can i can deal
3: with the piped in noise i can't however i mean I can you deal did, with the piped you in they did this in 1990
0: awesome. for saturday nights main event yeah, I but that was different.
3: I can't. It was the good, wrestling. awesome chance or the holy shit chance. Well, yeah. uh, out of
2: nowhere. Well, I'm, all right, all right. Smackdown. Sasha Banks comes out to cut a promo, and they have piped in booing. Sasha Banks is the face. Bailey begins to come out, and they go for massive booing, and then here comes Carmella, and everybody cheered. I think they have somebody running the, the sound stage a little weird, you know what I mean? No,
3: it's Vince's fucking favorite thing now. He can mm-hmm. pick and choose who he wants to be the fucking good guys and the bad guys. And nobody I, w- I, w- I, w-
2: I would cheer for Bailey's booty. She's a nice ass. I don't know if any of you watch SmackDown, but Sasha and Carmella were dressed really nice. <laughs> really nice. I like Bailey's booty. You know and what? Him. Well, when she turns around and gets you in the head with that Jay Leno chin, I don't know if you're going to like it too much. Let me,
0: let me tell you, guys, I'm a geek. You, well, everybody that listens to the show knows, and my co-hosts definitely know. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, <laughs> you, know, you know that I think – you know chin. You know that I think – everybody knows I think Sasha's the best women's wrestler in the business. I agree.
1: And – You can show she, the Thunderdome on her forehead. She, and that's fine. Yeah. She did
0: a really good job acting. In the Mandalorian
1: as well. This
0: week. I haven't
2: watched is- the episode yet, but I'm busting to see it.
1: Uh, Nate, I forgot to bring your album. That's all right. It's cool. I for-
0: I forgot to bring your money. <laughs> all right, guys. I'm going to give uh, everybody a chance to wrap up here. We're going to wrap up this edition of the We can Wrestle podcast, Ooh, which, by the way, which, by the way, has been a great episode. Thank you all for bringing it.
1: And, uh, You're welcome. You're I'll welcome, guys. You're welcome. <laughs>
0: I'll give Mr. Mitchell the first opportunity to wrap up here tonight.
2: Um, no cheap plugs, uh, except for if you're not a member of the, we can't wrestle podcast, Facebook group, or YouTube channel.
1: Are you waiting for exactly?
2: Um, the undertaker has been a part of my life since I've been nine years old and I am, I'm happy to see him get, if it's a send off and the respect he deserves, thank you. Uh, and if it's, uh, another match, I just hope that it's what he wants Mm -hmm. and, I'm I'm happy to see that they're ending it. If they are ending it, at the Survivor Series where he was born. Kyle,
3: uh, look, everybody's probably going to say something about the Undertaker, and he's great. But I wanted to say that. Uh, be friendly to each other. Quit fucking acting like that you're the best and you're the, the greatest and acting like shitholes to each other. For fuck's sakes, we're all in this together, guys. Shitholes. Like, it's not... <laughs> well, it's the truth, though. I mean, like, between, <laughs> between everything that's going on with the whole COVID thing, and then even in, like, I, I, I mentioned to these guys earlier, like, with the whole collecting aspect of the pro wrestling thing, people... Are acting like little fucking kids. Like, realize that, you know, we're all in this together and show some love to each other.
0: Yeah, fucking shitholes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why Kyle called me a little fucking kid.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't call little
2: I'm joking, man. I call <laughs> you. You're
3: the fucking one of the, the best and the greatest guys that is on these groups and everything. Like, there's yeah. nobody in my opinion, that does it better. But like I said, when I see people... At me. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> with the last dagger of the night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but other than that, I love you guys. Uh, be good to each other, like I said. as alaikum <laughs> Aaron? I'll-
0: Bacon.
1: <laughs> Did you bacon. say Yasser Arafat bacon? <laughs> no, I said Oscar Meyer Bacon. <laughs> Come on, you guys gotta give me that one.
0: No longer am I editing any of
1: this.
3: We need we need to do a watch along. You guys gotta give me the year of
1: dead man Ramsey. Nate, give it to me. Golf clap. We need to do a watch.
3: Change it all back to Mark, Mark Calloway.
0: That's <laughs> the best.
3: Can we please do a watch along with Suburban Commando? No. Why?
2: I ain't watching that. Why?
0: Everybody was like, no.
2: No. Please, no. You're going to watch, watch that episode. shit alone hey, I, in I, the I, shower
1: I by yourself.
2: I guarantee you, I'll
1: that episode. Kyle, I will record
0: the audio and it could be a podcast. <laughs> it would be
3: great to watch that <laughs> you're a dead man I,
2: I promise you I will be sick for the episode we watch Suburban Commando oh you guys are
3: shitting on Suburban Commando but this, come on
2: I'll shit on No Holds Barred too
3: <laughs> be fucking, Suburban Commando is a fucking Hulk Hogan classic I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna drop cool. a Zeus on that one <laughs> <laughs> beefcake <kick> barber <laughs>
0: all right signing off check out the 2300 pod in which Aaron Chad Austin from ECW and myself are chronicling the history from the beginning of ECW to the end of extreme and it is a fun journey so far and it is great check it out right now as we speak episode 10 is up and ready for your listening pleasure and that being said, we're going to sign off this week for the Undertaker 30th anniversary edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Really been, talk
1: to him, talked about it for like 20 minutes.
0: It has been a great <laughs> show. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, my co-hosts. I appreciate you all as usual. And I appreciate seeing, it, me
1: too. Thanks, man. We
0: will see you next time around on The We... I'm a Joe McKee.
4: The We Can't
0: (laughs) Wrestle Podcast. (laughs) Joe Q reference. Do you like that, Aaron? (laughs) And I'm Joe B. (laughs) Q. You're a dead man, (laughs) (laughs) Ramsey.